You are listening to the Beer Metal Show Podcast, where the worlds of craft beer and metal music collide. This show is rated X for containing incoherent material not suitable for children. Hear hell's choir sing. Candles all around, I'd burn the pews for me. Lumber through the aisles of the sacristy. This is the Beard Metal Show. Let's light it up! Best day your night on the altar of your king. Pile up the hymnals, hear hell's choir sing. Candles all around, I burn up just for me Number through the aisles, into the sacristy As I masturbate on the religious testament I reflect on my mind of why I was sent To burn its voice, the holy land The sacred message crushed in my dead Like the fucking fire, burn it to the sky Crucifix and blaze, let the fucking die Crosses to the left, in front of me the light Burn the fucking church, it will save my life Welcome, everybody, to episode number 14 of the Beer Metal Show podcast, a show where the usual format is to drink and review craft beers and pair them with a metal song. I am your host, Aaron Mendiola, also known as the Beer Metal Dude. I am joined by my lovely co-host and my wife, Maria Mendiola, who goes by the uh, Craft Bruja. Hi. And um, here for this episode, actually, we're changing it up a bit. Actually... Changing the whole fucking thing around, man. Yeah, actually, uh, recently we went to H- the Houston area and had a nice little chat with uh, Bobby Harrell, the owner and brewmaster of Backpew Brewing Company, and uh, that's located in Porter, Texas, just a bit north of Houston. Uh, we had a great time at the old church-turned-brewery, and yes, you did hear that right, Backpew Brewing sits within two buildings that used to house some... Of what some of what Bobby called like snake charming churches. Yeah, yeah, he did say that, right? Kind yeah, of cult, old culty like weird yeah, kind of you churches know, and shit. East Texas weird churches. That's some scary shit. It was. But um, <laughs> what's cool was the newest part of their facility they call the sanctuary, and that building really looked more like a church. It had the steeple and everything else. The other one was just kind of like a big warehouse looking building, but right. he did, and that's where the brewing equipment equipment was. And he said that that was. A church. He was yes. even pointing out like where the altar was and all like that other PAs stuff. And, and the all PA that. system yeah. and all that weird shit in there. But anyway, so the um, the sanctuary, which is now their like tap room, is where we were when we did the interview. Mm-hmm. But there was actually a whole shitload of people in there. So we weren't in the actual tap room. He actually took us down like the employee only uh, uh, rooms where we conducted the actual interview. And it was weird because, like, when you went down the hallway, it looked like it was a bunch of classrooms, but, like, little yeah. kid classrooms. Yeah, like, kind of like, uh, you know, know, like Sunday they, school. Yeah, they even had little cubby, yeah, like the cubby holes. And um, there was paintings on the wall. Like, especially the main room that we were in had paintings on the wall. Some were unfinished. Some weren't colored. Some just had weird-looking... It was creepy. It was all creepy. To me, to me, it just looked really fucking, uh, really creepy, man. Especially like the unfinished and uncolored ones. And then, you know, so we did ask them, you know, if they were like cult, cult churches. And of course, the answer was very uncertain. 
Again, yeah. he didn't really know. It was kind of weird. I mean, <laughs> what really goes on in those churches out there? I mean, uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it was some really creepy shit. Yeah. All right, well, we also got to keep the metal flow in here with the Beer Metal Show. Uh, one thing like we always do every episode, we do have a featured band. And this episode is a great band. Uh, at least, in my opinion, it's a great fucking band. Uh, first of all, this show is entitled Smell the Beer in Churches, which is after our theme song, Smell the Burning Churches. Ah, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. By the Ohio-based death metal band Nunslaughter. Very big fan of Nunslaughter. This band officially began back in 1985 when they were known as Death Sentence. They released one demo back then called Death is the Only Way back in 1985. And in 2009, when they were already known as Nunslaughter, there was a compilation album that came out called Demo Slaughter. And it was on Hell's Headbangers Records. And on that album, it actually featured that um, Death Sentence demo. Okay. So that was kind of a, a good re-release of the old material for them. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's kind of cool. Um, despite being known as Nunslaughter since 1987, get this. They have only released four full-length albums. Interesting. Yep. Hell's Unholy Fire in 2000. Goat in 2003. Hex in 2007. And Angelic Dread in 2014. That doesn't mean they haven't released other shit. They actually released a lot of other type of shit. Yeah. So within that time frame, they released nine demos, nearly 40 live albums. That's insane. Over 40 EPs. And get this one, over 60 split albums. That's crazy. Now I'm going to go ahead and list all the bands that they've done splits with. I'm just kidding. That's a whole nother... That can take up a whole episode. Over 60 split albums. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna go through all that. But anyway, look them up. None Slaughter. Fucking awesome. Our episode's theme song is from their 2007 full-length album, Hex. Like I said, it, it, we are calling this show Smell the Beer in Churches after their song Smell the Burning Churches. One final and sad note about the band None Slaughter. In 2015... The band decided to be put on hold. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, the main man behind Nunslaughter, announced on Facebook that they were going to take a little bit of break for the rest of the year at that time. And that was due to their longtime drummer, Jim Konya, or Jim Sadist, as everyone knew him from the band, had actually passed away uh, due to suffering a couple of strokes throughout the year and then finally being pulled off life support at the end of uh, 2015. So they did take a little bit of a break. No one was sure what they were going to do. Well, it looks like the band is continuing on. They ended up picking up a new drummer by the name of Joe Lowry, who goes by the name of Wrath. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what these guys are going to do in the future. I don't know exactly what what that's going to be. I don't know if that means new albums, a bunch of live shows, tours, whatever. All I know is they're still an active band with the new drummer. I know that wasn't a very easy decision for them to make. Jim Sadist was a very, very, very liked individual, loved individual, I should say, by many people in the underground uh, music scene. You know, I I saw it from the Facebook posts uh, from him. I saw it from pictures of the live shows. Just a lot of stuff surrounding that guy was just awesome. And, you know, so it really hit the metal community pretty fucking hard uh, when he passed away. So I'm very happy that Nunslaughter did continue 
I know it's not going to be the same without him behind the kit, but at least they got somebody new that can fill in those shoes, and we'll see what these guys are going to do. So, yes, moment of silence for Jim Sadis. Well, enjoy some blasphemous, satanic, evil death metal from Nunslaughter, and we hope you like the chat that we have with Backview owner Bobby Harrell. Thanks, oh, yeah. guys. Check it out. Here we are, episode number 14 of the Beer Metal Show, our first on-site interview. Yes. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, so, yes, you were popping our cherry, sir. Excellent. Yeah. So in a we, so, so yeah, it, in a I church. mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's, only, it's only right. It's only right that I'm getting right. my cherry popped in a church. That's right. It's blasphemous. But, um, it's blasphemous. So, here we are with uh, Mr. Uh, Bobby Harrell, yeah. uh, founder and brewmaster here at Back Pew Brewing Company here in Porter, Texas. I don't think I've mastered anything, but we make some pretty damn good beer. Uh -huh. you, can always, you can always make, but you can always keep getting better. <laughs> From the Tasteman beers, I think you've pretty much mastered Yeah, it. I mean, we, 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 we love your beer. So, um... Like I said, thank you, man, for letting us come over here. Yeah. Absolutely. And doing this. You know, this is uh, fun. We, yeah, we tried a little while ago. It didn't quite work out, but that's no. okay. So, oh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we've been looking forward to it. And so, we've it's been talked fun. about it. And I know me and you have exchanged on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I, I posted a, uh, I think this is when we did one of our podcasts. I posted the can where, that we reviewed. And I was like, yes, we have to make it down there sometime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I think we did, we did Evil Doer. Yes. So yeah, that was, that, and that, I was really nervous because that was, uh, but by the time you reviewed it, it had been in market since September. I was like, ooh. And you were like, no, it's fine. I was no, like, oh, thank God. It actually held up. And that's one thing that we've talked about too is sometimes we have a bad habit of hanging on to beers. I have a very bad habit of hanging on to beers a long time. <laughs> well, especially if you're in the industry, people will give you beer and you're like, oh, crap. And I, I you know, you, especially if you're out drinking beers, like, oh, by the way, I have this in my car. They throw you a six pack. They throw you this, that, and the other. All of a sudden, you end up with a lot of beer. Yeah. And then um, when I come to, like, when I come to Houston for work, I go to Specs or whatever, and I pick up beer to take home. <laughs> and so, and so then I add that on top of whatever. You, well, you know I mean, what I mean? Like, it's, it's it, people have crazy, called it, man. you know, like an obsession. They, they called it an addiction. I mean, that's just such a dirty word. I mean, I think it's passion. It's a hobby. It it's it's a passion. <laughs> yeah, passion sounds better. Well, we can say what it is, but yeah. we're, we're addicted. <laughs> but um, all right, man. So I got a couple questions for you that I had lined up. Um, sure. So one of the first questions that I that I thought of. Is when you opened up Back Pew Brewing Company, was this location the influence of the name of the beer? Or of the brewery? Sure, sure. Well, so there, there's a little bit more of a story if I can tell it. Sure. Oh, yeah, so of being an engineer, I don't have 
a massive amount of creativity in me. And what I mean by that is like, I love cooking, I love making beer, and that's where my creativity elements are, other than that I'm thinking very scientifically about things. And so one of my proud moments is when I thought up the Saint and Sinner idea. So I mean, you know, if you're not familiar, you see the white tap handles, you see right. the black tap handles. Right. The idea behind it was this, is that the white tap handles are your Saint line, those are your sessionable, approachable beers. Black tap handles is your center line. That's your more robust flavored beers, your higher alcohol beers. Oh, the reason I thought that up was because I, so I, doing market research is always a very creepy thing. Um, but I did it, and which meant I stood around people buying beer in grocery stores and liquor stores and stuff like that, watched what they made decisions of, and I had to approach them, which is, again, always a kind of weird deal, yeah. and ask them why the hell they made that choice. And what I got a lot was a lot of transition beer drinkers who might be a you know Bud guy or whatever, I would notice they'd look at craft beer a long time, but then they'd go for Coors or Miller or Bud. And those are the most interesting to me. And what I, what I came to a conclusion with is there's a lot of beers in market. A lot of them say IPA. Some cans, you guys know, if you go to the craft beer aisle and you're not sure what you're looking for, some cans I even have to look up on like Untapped to be like, what is in the can? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't so do say what it is. Exactly. You know, What am I going to get from this? Those guys don't want to mess with that. Um, you know, this decision makers is huge. There's all the styles, all the brands, all the cans, all this, and they get confused. They say, you know what? I'm not going to risk picking up something I don't like. Right. It's I'm going to go with. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with what I know. And so that's where I was like, well, if I take that and just turn it into, do I want to drink something light and sessionable, or do I want to drink something big and crazy? That really reduces it down to one question. And so they'll know by my can color, the tap handle color, that's what it is. Got so it. <clears throat> unoriginally, sadly, uh, I also said, well, let's call the brewery Saints and Sinners Brewing Company. So I did. <laughs> Um, as you know, this story is going to continue a little bit. So then we were looking for a space. We were thinking like East Downtown. At the time, it was 2014, so there was a lot of new development still. There wasn't fully developed. Um, at the time, though, the, the market in Houston was really, really hot. So it was very expensive. A lot of like an all cool old Art Deco-like manufacturing facility was really what I was looking for because I thought it would be super cool to put a brewery in it. But they were really pricey. Uh, they were not my business model, and they, a lot of them had asbestos, which needed abatement. Right. And I was like, I looked at my investors, and I was like, Look, I know this isn't part of my model. We gotta, we gotta look somewhere else. So we did. Um, as a kid, I used to go to Lake Livingston all the time, which is just north of 59. And so we kind of started coming up this way. This thing fell in our lap. You know, 14 acres, church. We were Saints and Sinners Brewing Company. I was like, This is golden. This is Perfect. awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Um, you know, I had this. As you know, there's two buildings on site, so it's like yes. production facility over there. Now the sanctuary, which we just opened in April, is over here. So, and all this would be like office space, which nobody can see, but it's got creepy drawings that people left. So it was awesome. It really does. <laughs> you you, you so, can see it on the website. So I'm taking pictures of these creepy drawings <laughs> that he's talking about. And so take so take a look at those. But uh, the problem was then we said, okay, we have the church. It works out with Saints and Sinners theme. This is awesome. Well, we had to get trademark rights, right? You got to be smart about your brand and make sure that you can use. And you're not somebody's not you're not going to spend a bunch of money on all this stuff and then they send you a cease and desist letter oh yeah um, and, and yeah. So it happens We've a lot it yeah. happens quite often and so we went to get that well it turns out the guys at uh, lost abbey brewing had trademarked turning sinners into saints well that was close enough and so they knocked us at the time, interestingly, it was about to expire. They had no clue. But Is that we, one of their beers? Uh, no, it's just a trademark thing they have. It's like a it's like a it's oh, like, like a, a slogan. Yeah, it's like a slogan. Um, but we reached out to them. They had no idea they even had the trademark. Their lawyer. <laughs> it was a, it was March, and it was about to expire in May. Had we probably not done anything, they would never have known about it. But at the same time, uh, but they, then they came back and were like, "Look, we're going to sue you if you ever use this." Blah 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 blah. So I was yeah. like, "Look, man, I have five hundred dollars invested in a logo. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, yeah, like, I'll yeah. just you can have it. I don't yeah. want to buy it." Yeah. And so the nice thing about it, though, was to say that Saints and Sinners Brewing Company, that's a lot on the tongue. And so that's when I got with our branding guys, because I was out of ideas, because I wanted to keep the duality. We right. had the church. I couldn't 
yeah, again, I'm not that creative. I couldn't think of something that was cool. I'm a huge nerd, so I thought of a bunch of nerdy crap. I was like, no, he's going to know what the hell that means. Yeah. Um, and so... I probably would have. And so, I mean, there are, I mean, there's some, but in terms of, like, you know, we're a production style brewery, we need something that's, like, appealing. And that's my brain. You guys came up with a lot of stuff. Some was pretty pretty dark in metal. Um, and it, it, as much as I love metal, I was like, could, you know, keep in mind, we do have a Baptist territory. We're up here in the north of right. Houston. We're getting in the country. Right. Could offend people easily, and that's awesome. But I need my beer to sell to people and not them to make them angry. Right, exactly. Um, it was just a different model. Now, if I was just doing, like, a mostly brew pub kind of thing where I just wanted to do what we were going to do, awesome. But we'd have to be more in town where people are really looking for that. You know, Brash has right. done an ex- ex- exuberant job of that. Right. Uh, you know, ben, ben has done a great job of creating that culture. It works. It does. But it wasn't exactly what we were going to do. Because right. a big thing about what I want is I want our beer to be accessible to anybody to show them that craft beer is for everybody. Um, but that's why Back Pew works. So when they came up with Back Pew, again, they showed me a lot of names. And I was like, why Back Pew? Like, what's the deal? And they said, okay. So in, in the Baptist lore, the Back Pew is where the saints and the sinners sit. The saints are your guys who sing the loudest, all of those things. And so they stick them in the back so they can keep hearing the preacher. The sinners are the guys who are drunk from the night before because they weren't supposed to be out drinking. They yeah. sneak in, they get in the back pew, and then they um, <laughs> then they go, they leave early to throw up. And so I was like, perfect. You know, it, it twined <laughs> it in. And then yeah. we got to, you know, the namesake of the brewery, all that stuff. And uh, so it really, really worked. And that's where back pew kind of came from. Yeah, you're like um, the first ones out of the church. Maybe yeah, yeah. They, well, because you, know, you may have had a rough night the night before. Yeah. And I love um, that story, oh, yeah. actually, because Great. it makes me think of, of, I came from a, I guess, religious family, Catholic. Sure. And so every Sunday forced to go to church yeah. until, you know, I moved out and all that stuff. And so, <laughs> and so I, she got with me and yeah, basically we're I, like, we're But I was forced. Yeah. And so I remember... Going to church, I won't say how old I was, but I'll kind of give it away. I had, I still had the X's on my hands, but somehow I was still hungover <laughs> in a church. So yeah. I totally and Where we sat in in the church because it's actually in yeah. a very small town. Um, it was like an in the back, but like upstairs, the Martindale Church. Oh yeah, yeah upstairs. Yeah, yeah. And so if you had to, you literally were in the back of the you building, were but upstairs. seriously in the back. So that just hits home for me. <laughs> But uh, but so that's where it, that's where it came from, and, nice, and it really helped us keep the namesake. And this was like an old snake handler speaking tongues church. Yeah. It was basically it was a tax shelter for the people who were here, so they were living in these two buildings. It was really kind of messed up. The people who kind of like owned it all that um, they were kind of living in there, and they leased this church out except this room, which was always locked to a small Mexican church. It wasn't Catholic, but it was a small Mexican church. They had service like three times a weekend. Was it all culty and stuff? I, they didn't. They lost their flock, which is why we have it now. You know, they were oh. looking for a way out. And then next door, they had service like one time a week for thirty minutes at like seven thirty to eight. Nobody was there, yeah. so it was a really, really sketchy deal. But it also yeah. makes it pretty fun. Yeah. So like you know, like when we were taking it down next door because it was a fully built out church next door, which is the production facility. You know, we found things like around the sound booth, there were lo- there were rules that they made about, oh, if you're operating the sound booth, that's where the devil comes in the church, and all these rules about what you do when somebody's yes. speaking in tongues. Only Pastor Peter could translate. Like, that's convenient. Um, you know, all these things that just make you go, hmm. Wow. Um, right. My favorite one, though, was we found, we found, you know those signs you see on the right. side of the road? It's like, hey, open house coming today. Right. All right, there's one of those, and it was called Hell House. And it was held on October 29th, and I just thought... That's cool. They did a like haunted house for kids, right? But it showed you the sins. Oh Is yeah. That... Oh, you've heard this story. Oh no, no, no! I haven't heard the story. But what's funny is there was actually a church. So I'm from San Marcos. Okay. I'm from a small, you okay. know, between Austin, sure. San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. And there was a church there. I remember this because we always made fun of it. We thought it was silly because it was across from the high school. They um, every Halloween they'd have their little hell house, 
what they would do is they would show like this is what happens when you get pregnant or yeah like, this the is, seven deadly sins yes. like abortion and gruesome detail and, yes and it's like it was insane like no that's scary <laughs> so yeah so so we were we were going along and this guy walks in and uh, he saw the he saw the things and we you know we were just we were taking all the walls down we salvaged as much as we could we used a lot of materials from the old building um, and when we when we've rebuilt anything, so it's been really really beneficial. But he goes, oh Hell House, that's awesome. I was part of that. Can I have one of those signs? I said you can if you tell me what it is. And it was that. So they're like in the in the in what was the new church, the metal building. They're like we showed them the seven deadly sins in a gruesome detail and scared the shit out of them. Then we bring them around back, and if they wanted to be saved, we give them candy and soda and food and this and that and the other and made it awesome. And this. so they like walk around. And in my mind, I'm going, this is completely fucked. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I was like, I'm totally gonna use this because I was like, if I can ever make it swing it to where we do like a haunted house, I'm using the same exact sign because it doesn't exactly. say the year, and I have oh, it. Nice. I, I would love to just put this back out there because we have a number of people who are like, oh, I used to go to church here. My favorite, the people who come in, they're like, I got baptized like in that sanctuary. They're like, I got baptized here. Now I'm drinking beer. This is the best. Oh my um, god! So baptized you know, it's, beer. it's pretty baptized fun. Beer, man. That should be a name of a new beer for y'all. Baptized beer. beer. Well, we there was a there was a baptismal in the in the uh, new brewery, and we gave it away to some church because like, what am I ever going to do with this? Now I'm like, shit. I wish I would. You should have kept that. I was like, that would have been awesome, but I didn't. I gave it away. Now you also need confessional booths. Now we're working on that. I think a confessional booth that turns into a photo that's a photo booth. I think that that would be. We just said that. I think that'd be money. Just literally said that like a little while ago. Because he was like, you know what? All they're missing, all they're missing is a confessional booth, and I was like, okay, well, let's think realistically. Confessional booth. Yeah. With a photo booth. With a photo booth. Yeah. That would. Oh man, that'd be so I awesome. think that'd be money. So we're working on trying to figure out how we do <laughs> we that. Literally just said that. Here, man. This place is so awesome. Cool. So <laughs> that explains the name. That explains uh, the location. Thank sure. you for that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's yeah. A great story, man. By the way, um, how long was this vacant though? As from like. Or did you just? No, we we took we took it from we bought it directly from a church. Okay. Yeah. So we took over March eighth, March eighth of twenty eighteen is when we took the keys, and literally that day, you know, I came in and looked into it. I had a I had a a five pound hammer, and I started taking down sheetrock. I just like right then it was after that. So March eighth, twenty fifteen is when we took over the space. You know, we did all the renovations and things like that, and had beer market by November of twenty fifteen. So we did a pretty fast turnaround, which was which was super rad. Um, and uh, one thing that I'll, you know, but but yeah, so that that was it. But we bought it directly from oh, wow. the the who was the church. They had it for five years. They had bought it from a previous church, mm-hmm. and now it's a brewery. Cool. That's freaking awesome, man. What about the locals right here? Like the people that actually followed the church? Did, well, how, did, a, how was their reaction? That, that's kind of the funny but thing is the the, the the flock had left, and so they were looking for a way out because they had no way to support the church because they like were at all. So there was like weird. nobody here. Yeah, when, when this when this so keep in mind, there's a lot of folklore around here, and, and that's um, actually what's intriguing awesome. me about yeah. the story is that, that I mean. How you keep saying it was weird. Yeah, well, it was yeah. sketchy. So, I mean, it's oh, it was. Kinda, it was freaking weird. It's giving weird. me some Koresh vibes here. Oh, dude, it's, <laughs> it, it gets weird. But uh, so there was a pastor. He had, there, there was a lot of people who were heavily involved in it. So that's why they were even able to build that out. You know, a lot of churches survive on the the members donating right. their time, their their utilities, stuff like that. Local businesses donating materials. Um, and so at one time it was a very bustling church. Uh, apparently there was an Australian guy who was here from like 1980 something till 95 ish, uh, late nineties. And then he sold it to another guy, that guy five, you know, five years from we took it. So I guess about 2010, he sold it to the previous one who we bought it from. 
And so there was an active membership, but when the guy we bought it from took over, that's when it started to go downhill. So nobody was super bummed out. The one thing that that does, everybody always asks me about, and I'll tell you this story because I don't know anything else, everything else is speculation. <laughs> but if you go out back and look past, right past the stage, there's there's these red metal building things. Okay. okay? You, oh, yeah, I saw, you, I saw If you I saw, talk I saw, to us, yeah. we call them the camel sheds. Okay. Because they used to love Christmas. They had a million Christmas trees. It was creepy. I was like, that's too many. Um, but kind of tree. but okay. they also had the entire nativity scene worth of animals out back, including camels. Okay, huh. so they had camels here. So the Nowhere Lounge, which is that little cowboy bar over there uh -huh. right next door, they get drunk, they walk back here, and if they give a camel a bottle of beer, it would kick it back, drink it, and spit the bottle really far. So they get the camels drunk all night long. Apparently they were assholes. They were me. I was like, yeah, camels aren't like friendly animals. They're they're kind of yeah. jerks. Yeah, they're kind of jerks. Uh, but uh, it doesn't it doesn't help when you get them hammered all night long and then they're <laughs> hung over the next morning. So dealing with the camels is a whole problem. So anytime anybody from around here is like, you know, I used to go drink at the nowhere. I said, did you did you get the camels drunk? They're like, how did you know? I was like, well, because that's probably the next thing you're gonna say. So it's a pretty big deal. So we thought about having a camel come out for like the grand opening. We opened the sanctuary. We thought about having a camel out there. Nice. Yeah, but I was like, man, they're all gonna get him drunk, and we don't want that. But, no. but yeah, so that's you, you that's one thing. Had a, uh, a guy dressed like a guy a dressed like a camel. That would be and pretty funny. Just get him drunk. Like, yeah, you know, just get him yeah. drunk. Uh, out there partying in a camel suit instead of you know like yeah yeah you know, free beer for me. Uh, but uh, but no, that's my humps on the front, baby. Yeah, it's, uh, but uh, but uh, but yeah. So the um, but that's one that definitely has persisted around here. Like wow. there's tons of stories I hear about what it was, how it was, this, that, and the other. We met a lot of people that were somehow. Um, you know, part of it, not so many people. We haven't had a whole lot of negative response. Right. You know, every now and then some people are like, you know, I can't believe you've done this to a church. I was like, well, if you know what kind of church it was before, you might be thinking that I actually helped. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but you know, that's just not worth getting into because that's not what we're about. You know, the yeah, thing yeah. about, a big thing about our brand, like I was talking about earlier with the name, is that we want to be very welcoming. Anybody's welcome here. You know, oh, yeah. when we walk in, I don't care. Um, you know, we, you know, whether you're, you know, what color you are, where you've got tattoos, you don't, gauge, whatever, we don't care. Whether you're um, a saint or a sinner, You're a right? saint or a sinner, as long as you're not an asshole. Because yeah. I've met people on both ends of the spectrum who, regardless if you're that saintly or that sinnerly, if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. You're just yeah, an asshole. You're just an uh, I've met people on both ends of the spectrum that are awesome people. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's something about what our brand is about. That's something about what the beers we put are about. They have to be approachable and stuff you want to drink and be part of it. Um, and so that's just that's just our vibe, um, you know. Whether it be this, that, or the other, you know. Sometimes, like, um, there was another, there was a metal thing that was going around. It was really cool, and they were about like promoting metal shows in the area. So smaller venues, you, know, you don't have to go to a huge venue, pay all the money. Right. Really cool idea. Would love to do it. But you know, if you guys walk around a little bit, you'll see what our typical clientele is. We're right next to a a neighborhood. Right. Yeah. And I saw so, people just in the backyard right yeah, here. Yeah, it's, it's it's a whole thing. And so the tricky part for us, and, and this is, I think, part of that kind of mentality is like, look, man, I love metal. Mm -hmm. Not everybody does, and that's cool. And so if I put on a metal show, it's probably gonna be at night. It's gonna be loud as shit because otherwise, why bother? Right. And that's just gonna piss off our neighbors. Now, there's no noises here, so we don't have to worry about that legally. But I'm like, man, to be a dick like that, yeah, you don't. You know, yeah, that's, you don't that's not be cool. Ass. So like, we do do shows. They usually end around ten, ten thirty. Again, because I'm like, look, man, you know, yeah, like eight o'clock. They're like, hey, could you turn the music down? We're trying to live. I'm like, dude, it's no no interest. And, and it, it's a sand pit that way. And so yeah. if you go to the the thing, even if there was no interest, it's like thirty decibels. It's nothing. Yeah. So, but you know, some people are just jerks, but at the same time, you know, we want to keep it, you see we have a lot of families, a lot of kids, stuff like that, yeah. and so it's just a little bit of a different crowd. I mean, when you're in the brewery on a weekday, you'll probably hear some shit like that, you know, of it's course. just because we roll through that, but as far as what we do in terms of our music life, like stuff like that, 
you know, we have to be cognizant of both what our customers are looking for. I mean, we are a business, so we have to keep yeah. that in mind. But we're not going to have people like if it's you know, good music is good music. Like I love Texas blues. There's yes. an awesome little dude there called Snitch Dog and Pony Show. He looks like Jimmy Vaughn, and he plays all that stuff, and they're really good. So I get jazzed up about stuff like that. Nice. Um, and so you know, we support what we can, but it's just one of those things where like, oh, we'd love to do a, like a whole music f- festival of metal. I was like, I just don't think yeah. you're going to get what you think you are because it's it is hard yeah. for people to come up here north of Houston to party like you would at a metal show right. and then get yeah. back down if you live in like the Heights. Yeah. It's tough because it's you're going to have to Uber. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. So we don't quite have the crowd. Eventually, maybe we will, but we got to build to that. Right. And then you could do something rad like that, but it all comes in time. You have to be, you know, you have to be careful about it. just to do it. You know, I don't want to, the worst thing in the world is to have a band playing for nobody. That kind of blows. Yeah. So I'm not going to get a band <laughs> to come out here, even if I pay them for them just to play to an empty field. Like that sucks. I understand. I used to be in a band. So, so, you know, <laughs> we were many empty venues. So that's, we try, you know, we <laughs> try to I'm keep, just there. Well, I mean, we, we try to keep, you know, that, that's important. You know, we know, I, yeah, I've known a lot of dudes in bands. I mean, that's yeah. like the worst. No matter if you're getting yeah. paid, you're like, this sucks. I'm out here busting my ass to play this great music and, yeah. There's nobody here to listen to it. Even if I'm getting paid, it just sucks. Yeah, it still sucks. So, really you know, sucks. if we can't bring a crowd, I'm not going to bring the vibes. And so eventually we can get to that point where maybe we can rotate through different genres and sure. get the crowd to come. But you have to build that. It doesn't just right. happen because you ha- you want it. Like Gary P. Nunn, right. we had him. Old school, like he's written tons of songs for Lee Nelson mm-hmm. and stuff when yeah. he came. But he just, people doesn't don't really know about him anymore. Right. So that taught me that. People don't dig that deep, though. No, that's yeah, the problem. Really and so unless unless we really get that name to where when we say it's a great show, people come, which we don't have yet, we can't go that route. And so eventually it'll happen. But, right. you know, we, we had to pull back a little bit. Well, see, okay, so as far as, like, metalheads go, like, a lot of my friends where they're like, dude, this place is in an old church. It has to be metal. Like, it has to be. So I, I see what you're saying. Like, with people wanting that. You know, yeah. customers or friends or whatever asking, hey, do metal show, do metal show, do metal show. But you're right. You know, it's your business. You don't want to drive your neighbors away. You don't want to kill the vibe here. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, live a little, a little, sometimes, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but that's, that's why that's, we get kind of closer with it. Like, we have ACDC or TNT. It's an ACDC tribute band. Oh, I, I thought that was yeah, apparently, like, hey, cool. apparently, those guys are pretty rad. Yeah, I've not seen them, but apparently they kill it. So uh, the Nightbird, uh, the yeah, Matt yeah. band, they're great. We we see them all the time. See that? See that's why we kind of gone that route. I'm like, it's getting closer. Like it's getting us to more at least classic rock stuff like that, yeah. and guys who can really play it well, put on the whole oh, show. They're fantastic. Have they you sound seen them just. Like I've not seen either of them. She she, so, she looks like Stevie Nicks. Actually, like everybody Nicks. in the band. Everybody looks, looks like who they portray. Those those were. So everybody looks like who they portray. So your Chris, your Christine McVeigh. Looks like Christine McVeigh. Awesome. Your Lindsay Buckingham Mc- guy. Lindsay Buckingham. Look, looks he has the like hair him. and everything. He has the hair. Yeah. He yeah. has that vibe. Your Mick Fleetwood. I mean, but, so that's that's why we do like on Saturdays we have just like a local kind of cover band because people just want to have live music and we found out that just out here and it's no fault of anybody but on a normal Saturday afternoon people don't want to pay a cover to get in no and when I get those bigger bands even the cover bands or the tribute bands they cost money to get because they're oh, yeah. good oh, yeah. and so I have to charge like a ten dollar cover we still get a little bit of flack for that and so eventually though if you want bigger bands you got to pay to see them yeah, you're gonna and that's to something it, it's just a whole culture thing of we got to work that around to like if you know that it's a big ass show you got to be prepped to pay, pay. and again yeah. that's just part of the and evolution and cover your as losses well. if you don't it's have enough true. people well we, yeah, that, there's insurance for that but it's just you know we want to balance <laughs> it out we want to balance it because I'm like dude for 10 bucks just to help me cover the band you're still going to have a great time because I keep the beer prices cheap as hell mm-hmm. so you know if you were going to a venue to see it say you got it for free you're going to ch- get charged like 8-9 bucks for a pint yeah. like that 
that's where they're making their money. All right, oh, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? That sucks. You know, we want you to come here and experience the beer. The band is awesome. We want to have that environment, but it's kind of extra a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why Saturdays we have that. That's why we put those on other days where you know it could, you know, we try to publicize, like, look, this day, going to be a band. There's going to be a cover. Or, like, eventually we get somebody big a ticket. Right. And uh, so we're going to work it. But, you know, business evolve over time. We got to try some stuff. We tried the ticket thing, sort of worked, mostly door sales. So that's why we do it kind of door now. Nice. Um, and so, but but getting those guys is at least is moving in that direction of variety of different music and stuff like that. At least we hope. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. You're going to have a different variety of people come out, you know. So we're trying to. Kind of music. Yeah, we're try, trying to pull. That's why I was like, ACDC, it's hot as hell in Houston. What's a band that you can just like, it's hot, but you you know it? Because mm-hmm. you can get down there, you can rock, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's classic, but they have a high energy, really right. fun time. Oh, yeah. And even if you're not into the bands, I mean, you can hang out inside instead yeah. of going outside. Yeah, you know that's the I mean? thing. It's, uh, it's, it's cool, it's cool, yeah. whatever it's you want to do. It's great for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, so we're working Essentially. Yeah. Hell yeah. There is no time. talking about back pew about the brewery about the location but you know what i forgot to ask you how did you become a brewer man <laughs> because i was an avid drinker um <laughs> let's uh, go back but, to the uh, beginning let's go, let's go back to your roots sure. how did you start so uh, so i went to i actually spent uh, i spent four years in in uh, san antonio so i went to trinity university as an undergrad cool um yeah. and so i was an engineering science major so huge nerd like i told you I, and until i started doing podcasts and radio things i didn't realize i sounded as much like a nerd I, like i knew i talked about nerdy shit uh, but I just inherently sound like I should be playing D and D right now. And then you hear yourself. I'm in the same boat. What did I just say? Yeah, so, <laughs> I am in the so same boat. So it turns out that so I was I was a huge nerd. But what I was doing so again that's why I preface that because the next thing's coming out of my mouth you might go holy shit. But we were doing a course. It was on the so it was chemical engineering based course about you know using uh, using various bugs. So it was like mm-hmm. you know did digester stuff like that and modeling yeast growth. So it was a yeast. It was you taking math modeling yeast growth fermentation stuff like that. And I said, well, guess what else yeast do? They make beer. And so why don't we talk about that? And at the time, Blue Star was one of the few breweries yes, that was in San Antonio. One of the and only so ones I, still so around. That, yeah, still there. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was like, hey, let's go, all go see that. And then we can apply what we learned in you know, class, you know, do the math, but then we can drink beer too. And we can do a kind of, it's a small class. It was like, it ended up being me and one other guy. <laughs> 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 and we went. And there was nothing really set up with Blue Star, and when we went, you know, there, there was like nobody was there that was t- wanted to talk about brewing. You know, there was like, what do, what do you want to drink? And we were like, all right, so we had a few beers. <laughs> it was just bartenders. So it was a huge, huge yeah. down. But yeah, you know, that's when I got interested in it. And so I started brewing. So I, I had my cousin who lived here in Houston. He was in the oil in the oil business. I was a, I was an undergrad, so I didn't have any money. But at the time, Northern Brewer was like one of the few places you could get that stuff. So I done my. Yeah. I said, hey man, call, order this kit, and I'll come back to his home to Houston Brewers. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale Clone. 
he called me up and said, all right, man, this order's going to be in in a week. Come on back, like, the weekend after that. But I upgraded it. We're not going to be doing this bottling crap. They said that for a keg. I was like, hey, it's your money. You want a keg? Yeah, gold. We'll like, it. I'm not going to. And then <laughs> right. I talked to his wife about it. She was like, oh, I'll just clear all the shit out of the, out of the fridge. We'll just put it in the fridge. I was like, thanks, Jenny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we got together. You know, we drank at the time. Keep in mind, this was like 2007. Um, you know, we got a, we had a bunch of Sam Adams lager. We brewed this thing. You know, we're so nervous. We're watching the paper. We're just doing it by the book. It was an extract batch with some steeping. And it came out pretty good. Nice. We were, you know, we were pretty drunk by the end of the brew day, but it actually fermented out okay. Pretty tasty. It's not a course, successful brew day until you get drunk. Exactly. That's right. But then we got cocky. And so then the next time we just went to Del Falco, it's like, oh, yeah, we know what we want. We just yeah. bought this, that, and the other. <laughs> Turned out pretty bad. Um, we drank it. Your it took a long time, but we drank it. It was still an extract. We were, so oh, we got okay. some extract. We got yeah, some of this. We got good. some of that. And we were like, no, no, it's getting better with time. Well, yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't good. No. But we were too stubborn to dump it. And yeah. so we drank it. And oh, man. Eventually, we finally got rid of it. We were like, this is, this is bad. Like, it was well, just what kind of beer was it? It basically should have been the same thing. I don't know what the hell it actually was. It was just bad. It was bad beer is what it was. <laughs> but that's when I started going like, hey, you know, there's more to it. Because, you know, that first time, if, you, if you've ever homebrewed the first time especially if you're following the rules with like an extract batch some steep and everything's going great you're drinking some beers you convince yourself man i'm starting to brew this best yeah, thing ever yeah. you know how hard can this be and then you get more into it and you go holy shit this there's actually a whole lot more to it oh yeah and that's what started me down my road and then i went up for some graduate studies in, in nashville and that's when i got really into it so i was homebrewing more got some homebrew groups who were really awesome up there started nice. working at breweries in terms of volunteering and that's when i said you know what but i want to go back to houston for my home and, and do this. At the time, there weren't a lot of breweries. You know, Houston was relatively underserved. Um, you know, Carbide could come on the scene at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, this was right when they hit. You know, they kind of punched St. Arnold's on the nose. Buff, you know, Buffalo was sort of there. Eighth Wonder was sort of there at the time. Right. But, you know, Carbide started really taking off. But there still wasn't that many. You know, Southern Star was up north, but, you know, No Label kind of popped up in Katy. And so I said, let's go. I want, if I'm going to do it, let's go back there. You know, I knew some people. You know, I, I found some investors. I would rather go home, you know, because I love Houston. It's weird. You get to outside of Houston, everybody hates fucking Houston. It's weird. Yeah. But, you know, so it's like, I want to go back to Houston. So that, that's kind of where it came from. And, uh, you know, that's when I, I, you know, while I was up there as well, I was, I, you know, basically I turned a hobby into an obsession to a profession. Right. So, yeah, yeah. you know, that's kind of where it came that's from. That's where we all start. Yeah. <laughs> But that's kind of that's how as a brewer that's where I came from. So I spent time nice. in breweries. I never went to you know school classically for for brewing, but I took a lot of you know from the engineering side and graduate studies stuff like that and applied it. And uh, I also worked on my business degree, so I put the business plan together. So that's kind of how it happened. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's cool, man. That's yeah. really awesome. So yeah, I know like Eighth Wonder. We've been around. Well, I work there. Obviously, podcast listeners know that. I say it all the time. Game Drinking game, take a drink. I just said I work at Eighth Wonder again. Every time. Um, so I know we've been around for five years. So okay. I mean, you know, so five years ago when we, when we visited Houston, there wasn't a whole lot of breweries. That's and the thing. now, yeah. damn, you it's can't even flourished. turn a corner anymore, yeah. and there's like a brewery. You know what I mean? It's, it's getting. There's always an opening every single yeah, weekend. It seems there's like there's a new brewery, a new brewery opening up like... almost every week. It, it, it's happening. It's a lot, but I, I, I'm not shocked. You know, if you look at Austin, you look at if you look at really, especially let's talk about developed beer markets. You go to Colorado. You go oh, to yeah. San Diego. You see a lot more smaller breweries, mm-hmm. and that's what you know. People like to ask me that question, like, "What do you think is going to happen in the beer market? Do you think it's saturated? Do you think you know what's it going to do to your business? All of those things." Yeah. I think there's a couple key things. Any, anybody can talk about this, but it's something that I really believe in, and what we're going to continue to do is back pew. Um, one of them is that you have to have a great brand. Right. And that means the artwork, stuff like that. You work for Eighth Wonders. Somebody can drink. I am work for Back to You, but I said it. Um, um, they've done a really great job owning the Houston market. You know, They mm-hmm. go into the hip-hop. They go into all that stuff. Their location works really well for them. And their branding works really... It, it's nice. It works really well. It harkens back to Houston-based things. Right. 
Um, you know, I hope that we created that in a different way, not the Houston thing, but more, you know, back to what we are. We were in a church, you know, a lot of our names harken back to that, like Hot Apostle, the 12 Apostles, that's yes. where it comes from. Blue Testament instead of New Testament because of the blue corn and the Pilsner, stuff like that. So I hope we have fun. I think people enjoy it and I think it's going to work. After that, what you have to do is a production-style brewery, which is what Eighth Wonder is, Carbox, some of the bigger guys, Southern Star, us. You know, I have a 30-barrel system. We have to sell beer in supermarkets. We have to sell beer in corner stores. We have to sell beer in all those places. You know, we have to compete. Doing that's really difficult. You're a beer rep. You know that. Yeah. you got to be out doing samplings all the time. you got to be yes. out at bars. you got to be out getting to know those guys. The relationships in this business are absolutely key. If you're not active, I don't care what your brand is. I don't, right. care. I don't care any of that stuff. Eventually, that will go away because as you get more and more breweries, People can go down the street, even if they don't participate in that, get some crawlers or a growler of it, and if they think it's better and they have no relationship as to care about you, it doesn't work anymore. So yeah. by going out, doing some events at night, all that stuff, that's what really matters, and that's what makes a difference between being a production brewery and being a five, seven-barrel system where you're mostly selling on-premise. You can have a great business doing that, but you're not going to be in the grocery stores because it's just a way different animal. The amount you have to do, the amount you have to spend in terms of time, have the reps you have to have, the, no the knowledge you have to have, all of those things just go to a different level. Neither is better or worse than the other. It's just a fact of the, of the business, which direction you want to go. And so when you're talking about all these breweries opening up, I think it's an awesome thing because it's going to get more people to try more beers. Um, but I think you're going to see a lot of smaller systems opening up because they want to have their business done right there on premise. Right. Maybe you know, sell stuff to go. A couple bars in the area will get their beer. But you want to sell it on premise because that's you don't have the margins from a big system where you can knock the price of grain down, knock the hops down. You're going to pay a little more for that. But if you sell it on premise, you can get the profit margin. Mm -hmm. And so you can have a great business doing that. But they're just different modes of business. Now, if you grow, you can always you can always expand. You can get bigger. Right. But I think that a lot of people are going to start with that and live in that sphere because that's what you see in San Diego, in Colorado. Is you see a lot of small guys like that who maybe make great beer, but they do it all right there. They can make as many different beers as they want. Mm -hmm. They don't have to go through label approval. They have to have a canning line. Works great. And that's where it's going to change a little. You're not going to be seeing people start to try to be a real ale. You're going to see people starting up trying just to you know promote their brand and show their beers off, probably in their local community. Nothing wrong with that at all. Right. And people are still going to try the big thing, but you better be ready because yeah. it's getting tougher and tougher. You know that. You go out there. Yeah. I mean, H E B only has dude. so much cold space. Oh uh, yeah, H E B is just trying to become my. Uh, uh, it spends, it spends a lot of time. No, it spends a lot. You have to spend a lot of time with those they're, guys. They're my one headache. Let's put it that they're way. They're really tough. I mean, in San Antonio, they're your, they're your world. Yeah, Here, at least, you know, that, I mean, that's that that's make or break. It's true. And so, you know, I think that that's what we're going to see. So I don't think it's necessarily going to hurt. I think it's going to just change the way that people both view beer, right. view craft beer, and view what we have to do to be successful. Right. Cool. You know what? And I'm glad you're bringing up these points because this kind of leads me into another subject I want to talk about. New breweries, new pop-up breweries, whatever you want to call them, following trends. Uh-huh. <sighs> So we're about 14 episodes in, and almost every episode we pretty much bitch about this all the time. The same thing over and I'm not over. a trend follower. I don't like it. I think I'm a little more old school. I'm a little more traditional. I've been drinking craft beer now for like 20 plus years. And give me a good red ale. Give me a brown ale. Give me a regular IPA. Give me a blonde ale. Don't I don't really care about what the new hot trend is. Sure. You know what I mean? What do you feel about these uh, that about, about those new trends, man? Like, I, I, you know, it's funny I ask this because trends have been around for years. Oh yeah. When black IPAs first came out, or Cascadian dark ales, they were a trend. Yeah. White IPAs were a trend. Uh, red IPAs were a trend. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Yeah. But this new one that's happening right now, I think, has been the biggest new trend. Yeah. And social media has helped that. 
it has. Instagram and you know Facebook. It's blown it up to this new proportion that it drives me and her insane, insane. Like, <laughs> i want to like cancel like a camera. i don't i don't even want to log into instagram because i'm like i already know what i'm gonna see insane yeah. is an understatement right. which and i say this all the time it is not the style of beer because right. i, like I, the I beer. have i've enjoyed it i've actually had one when we're at no, we're there. yeah um but the culture behind it is yeah. the culture behind this new why? trend so my, my question is like what are your thoughts on this whole sure. new thing you know i think I think this is a this is a really this is probably the hottest talking point we can talk about right now. I mean, we we can talk about Craft Pack, which is awesome, really cool stuff. Adam from Austin Beer Works is really mm-hmm. lining that up. Um, that that has a lot of politically charged things. If you're with a wholesaler, which we are, so you have to be very careful with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we could talk about that. But this, in my opinion, if you're again a production style brewery, even if you're not, if you're a small brewery, but I think especially if you're a production style brewery, what does this do for you? Um, and so let's go. So the New England IPA is what is the one that really is making all of the waves. Why? From a brewing perspective, in my opinion, um, I think that they're silly. Now it's not because of necessarily the haze. That's not the problem. Right. The problem with it is it's an overuse of hops. I don't think all these flavors these guys are talking about. I just don't get. I don't say I have the most sophisticated palate, but I don't have a, a novice palate either. I don't understand what they're talking about when they discuss the flavors of it. It doesn't make sense to me. Right. What does make sense to me about them, though, and if you look at what's happened because of the Instagram culture, is they made a beer that doesn't taste like beer. Yes. And that's what people want. And it's crazy. Now, I'm not saying it in a negative way, right. but if you think about it, all these people who maybe say, I don't like IPAs, but I like that, why? Well, it tastes like juice, so it doesn't taste like beer. Um, same thing with pastry stouts or lactose IPAs. It's yeah. sweet. Yeah. It doesn't taste like beer. It's got residual sugar. Now, what do we know about sugary stuff? Why does Coke and Pepsi and all those guys exist? It's, it, it, it's, 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 a, it's a United States thing. It's a United States thing. It just matches the palate because people are looking for sweet, yeah. not necessarily savory, which is more, I would say, beer because beer is kind of acidic, right. things like that. And so I think that what you've done is you've actually kind of tapped into an unintended other market because people can participate who maybe weren't big craft beer fans. Like you throw a giant old school dank IPA at them and they're going to balk. <laughs> they're going to balk though. Oh, yeah, you throw one of those crazy double IPAs that's hazy because it tastes like juice and you know, it's all these ended hops which you didn't even need to throw in. You could have stopped like a million pounds ago and still probably had the same product um, or with lactose sugar where it's a little bit sweeter and they love that. And now it's hot, it's expensive, you can't get it, all this stuff, you go to the right brewery, you wait in line or pre-buy it or whatever, now you've become cool. So it's got those aspects to it that make it work for more people than would just be otherwise. Um, I think that that's one big thing. Mm-hmm. And as a, t- as a side note to that, and what I think is really important, that part about getting people to drink beer who don't drink beer, one of the most interesting trends that has nothing to do with craft beer is what's happening to beer market in general. And what's happening is Bud Light is dying. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, and it's not because of craft beer. People are drinking Michelob Ultra. And they're drinking Dos Equis and they're drinking Corona. Mexican beers are through the fucking roof right now. Yeah. Modelo's up. All those guys. The reason, though, I think, and the reason why it's postulated, I think this is correct. People still want to drink a light, more sessionable-style beer, but they do want more flavor. Right, more flavor. And now that the prices are very much the same, there's not much price difference, people yeah. are much more willing to pick up a 12-pack of Dos Equis or, well, Corona seemingly 
same. I don't yeah. really get that. But Modelo Especial, like I mean, Modelo Especial has tons of has lots of flavor. Pacifico has a great, you know, but Pacifico is more expensive because it's an actual import. It's Modelo. Um, but you know, people are more willing. So that guy who used to be like a, a case or two of Miller Lite a week guy is now probably like a Dos Equis guy because he's like, well, it's a little bit fancier. Maybe throw lime in it. Tastes like lime. They're getting away from that because they do want more flavor. And it's not mm-hmm. that you know the calories are still low, the carb level is still low. Right. That's where they're going. But then, you know, that's the first shift. So what's the next shift? I think that for craft beer guys like myself, it's more sessionable products. So a lot of our lineup happens to be a little bit heavier in terms of ABV, you know, 5 plus. Because we used to have a Class B Brewers permit. We couldn't make beer. We couldn't make below 5% mm-hmm. in the state of Texas. Now we're a brew pub. Well, I think we need to start crafting because we're so great at making lagers. That's, I don't, I don't know if it's hubris, but I really believe that we make great German-inspired lagers. And mm-hmm. we, I, under, you know, I really love understanding lagers. They're typical to make. Water chemistry is different. How you deal with the malts is different. Right. The hops you use are different. And I love it. That jazzes yeah, me up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I can take a lot of that and make a lower ABV product that is a drinking all day kind of beer. Because a lot of people in Texas like to drink all day. They like to go to the river, drink all day. They yep. can't do it on a 7.5% IPA. They're right, not going to exactly. pick that up. Right. So they pick up a pale ale or a, usually now the thing is session IPAs. But that's what they want. So that's why I've got a Kolsch cooking right now. It's like 4.5%. And the Kolsch yeast I use, I use legitimate Kolsch yeast. I pull out this beautiful crisp pear flavor. Nice. Easy to drink. Beautiful, Kolsch, beautiful, man. bright you do. flavor. And I'm hard on the Kolsch. I know you are. <laughs> I, 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 you got to have the right. Well, you have to try mine. But that, that <laughs> because blue is a little different. You know, it's higher carbonate. It's brighter. It's got that German kind of funkiness to the front. It's got that sweetness from the blue corn. They're very different products, but they both hit that same bell. Gozes, they were huge this year. Berliner oh, Weiss yeah. is huge this year. Why? 3.4%, easy to drink all day, hits that palate well. And I think that that, in my opinion, if you're talking about doing what we're doing where you're hitting these big, you know, trying to put out a lot of beer to be drank a lot and take mm-hmm. from that market, that's where it needs to go. But, you know, going back to the question, though, speaking of Berliners, that's another style that these breweries are starting to do a lot of. Like these yeah. one-off uh, Berliners that are so heavily fruited and so thick, see, cans are blowing up. Things are happening. That's the left problem, right though. You can't. Them, you know? can't do that, though. I mean, <laughs> see, that, you're that's having why, like, a defect in your yeah. product because you're you trying to, to add so much into yeah. it. That's why, again, that's why, like, I'm proud of what we do here. We have, you know, you have to have that quality. You have to understand what those products are, and you have to start out. In my opinion, it's kind of like barrel aged stouts. Everybody's barrel aging stouts now. But if you start with a shitty stout, yeah, you can cover up the flavors with all the other <laughs> right. stuff. Yeah. How about starting with a great stout? And I'm not criticizing anybody in particular. No, yeah, right yeah, now. No, no, of course. But as more breweries pop up, there's more of a chance to do it. Again, that exactly. could be some hubris. I feel we did a very good job. I don't know if you guys have had Canto 1 and 2. I'd be happy to go get a bottle here if we take a break or something. <coughs> we have sure. A, we can um, take a break. No but, uh, but, you know, I wanted you guys to try them because as far as metal, uh, you know, you guys are oh, going to yeah. need to try those. But... Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, look, man, you know, if you barely just out for two months, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. You put a crappy stout in for barely enough time, you've got to give it time. So that was that took a year to make. But it, not because I thought that it needed a year, because it wasn't ready till it was ready, and a year's right. when it clicked. I mean, I think maybe six to eight months you could make, you could squeeze one out, but I can tell you, less than a year is really pushing it. That's really, right. that's really pushing it. But, um, you know, all of those things, you're doing all these things to be like fruity. So fruity is right. one that bothers me, not because fruity is bad. Fruity pisses me off because a lot of women, especially, are, are marketed to to want fruity products. Right. Honestly, your bro white dude is usually going to want a fruitier product before female. Females' mm-hmm. palates are more developed anatomically than a male's. They usually are going to want roasty dark beers, even though they don't know it. And but they're not marketed you to. You know, it. it's funny you said that because like when I used to be a tap, like a, a bartender at a, at a craft beer place, and if, if a woman comes up. What, what do you like to drink? I have this pineapple beer. Yeah. And you're like, and the funniest thing was, I'll never forget this. She was like, 
Why the fuck are you pushing the pineapple beer on me? That's more his shit. Give yeah. me that fucking ten percent stout right now. Or yeah, whatever. and that's more. And me. I'm, I'm like, like, fuck yeah, and that's like, me. That's I'm awesome. I'm like a you know? hop heavy person, so I mean, I'm total opposite. I'm like hop heavy. Give me the double, triple IPA. Like okay. I want. It. And it's funny that you mentioned the juice. Like one thing that I meant uh, that I've realized, I guess, from social media and being on Instagram is yeah. a lot. And this is just me speaking. A lot of females tend to go towards those New England IPAs because they're not bitter. They have right. the lower IBUs to yeah. where it's more enjoyable and something that they're able to drink and not have that bitter and, sure. oh, I don't like beer. I don't like this. It's more of a, oh, this is fruity. This tastes like orange juice. This is mm-hmm. great. I could yeah. drink this. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's ridiculous to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I have had good some uh, New England IPAs. I'm not against that. But, I mean, if... I had to pick an IP. I want my dinky hot. Hell yeah, she does. But I mean, I'm just saying, I, I think that that was a big part of why the style is still sticking yeah. around. It's not dying out. Because it gives people like an intro into craft beer. It, oh, I always thought an IPA was, you know, whatever, so and so. Stone IPA, yeah. Right. And I'm then, just waiting for the next trend. And then you drink. Be. Well, they say it's going to be the brood, but. They're trying. <laughs> we, we made one. And <laughs> it's, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I don't know, man. I'm I don't not, think it's going to do it. I think it's going to be a black. I think it's going to be a Cascadian dark ale. I think, it'll be hot. I, think, I think it'll be a hot for a year, and then you'll see a brewed IPA occasionally. Um, I, I just don't. I don't know. It's too early to tell. Um, but you know, it, that one just hard to forecast. Yeah. <laughs> but we did talk about taking a break and did talk about getting beer. Our glasses are getting pretty empty here, so we're going to go grab a beer real quick, and we'll be right back. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> looking for more beer podcasts just like the one you're listening to right now then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com we are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find hi everyone this is cutter tony ross joel and clint from three beers in a proud member of the hopped up network each episode we review a local austin craft beer and talk about club and bananas references i don't get and academy award winner matthew mcconaughey so tune in crack open a beer and hang out with us find us on hoppedupnetwork.com itunes google play stitcher tune in podbean or on three beers in podcast.com this, this is, is the, the podcast, podcast. <laughs> His death is coming soon This time he will not rise we'll make sure he fucking dies Doom Doom Jesus is doomed 
so we're back from our break. Thank you, uh, Bobby, for letting us taste the Canto 2. Right? Yeah, Is that yeah. what we had? Oh, yeah. Holy crap. It was so, delicious. The guy at the bar couldn't remember the actual ABV number. Well, it, it's a uh, kind of it's a bit unknown. Okay. Uh, well, he was he was throwing fifteen in my face. Is that about right? It's probably closer to nineteen. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, and you're like, hey, this one's strong. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, it's, it's, we only got a little sample. But yeah. that's, I mean, that's that's why. And uh, so because of you know, I was telling during the break, I was telling Dust, uh, underdogs in Washington. Uh, if you're ever in Houston, go check them out. But they do pie shots, and that's where the coconut cream pie came from. Um, and so, you know, he's got some in his shop, and he says that the best, you guys, like I said, I'm going to give you a bottle of Canto 1, which is just the barrel aged stout nice. in, the, in the Booker's Bourbon Barrel. Number two is the same thing, but with the coconut cream pie shot. He says that if you open each, because, you know, the coconut cream pie is sweet because of the coconut milk and all that, it's sweet. It's got sugar in it. He says it. you do half and half, and he says that kind of is like that perfect blend. Nice. But we wanted to do two distinct beers because every time you barrel age a beer, I think you need to elevate it. So you have right. a base beer. Yeah, yeah. If you barrel age, it needs to go that direction. And I don't want the barrel aged with coconut cream just to taste like I did that. Otherwise, I'd just throw it in there at the end. Yeah, I wouldn't definitely. waste my time. Um, it's got to really change. And so there are three specific variants. But anywho. Nice. Um, yeah, that's what that was. That's cool, man. Well, thank you very much for that. Yes. So we brought back, uh, I am doing the uh, Fest beer. Nice. What's the actual name? Is this Kingsbrow? Uh, Kingsbrow, yes. Yeah, so Kings Beer, because the the you know Oktoberfest started as a festival put on by the king for everybody to basically be like, I I know we all you know there's surfs and this and that and the other, but for a week we're all just going to be the same and get drunk together. And so people brew, you know the brewers brewed beer for it, and everybody had a great time. And after that, I guess they went back to killing each other with swords. Yeah. Um, but um, that's kind of where it came beer. from. So that's <laughs> yeah, that's what we did with it. And what I what I love about it is you know Oktoberfest is coming. It's yeah. I mean I can tell you I, I just saw shiners on the wall, and they're all marching. <laughs> styles and the bummer is with the martin styles i do like a martin style but it's it's august in texas yeah. it's hot as shit i don't want that yeah. and so a fest beer the cool thing about it is basically what they do you know if you ever think of the pictures of the girls at at oktoberfest they're not holding steins of, of martin they're holding steins of a beautiful straw hay colored lager because that's what you can drink all day even though it's like six percent but each brewery in the munich area during oktoberfest brews their own it's going to be right. like this exactly. like the fest beer like the king's brows that beautiful straw hay colored lager they use their own yeast Whatever malt they want, they hop it the way they want to hop it. But it's all that similar, very drinkable lager yeah. beer. And that's what it is. We kind of made it our own. We used Hallertau Blanc hops in it at the end, which is a really cool German hop. It's got that beautiful, bright grassiness that Sauvignon yes, Blanc has. definitely has a grassiness. And then, then we do that. We dry hop very lightly with it, which is uncommon in Germany. But that gives it that little bit of aroma. And so I, we kind of turn it into our own, but very drinkable beer. And I think oh, it'll yeah, still it work in freaking August. Yeah, I still I've been drinking the yours. crap out yeah, of it. Yeah, you did? Yeah. yeah. And what did you get? What, I got the Schwartz beer. Uh, Schwartz beer. Yeah, Black Lager. Black Habit. We're talking about? Yeah. Black Habit. Hey, on Untapped, do you have Black Habit listed as a saint? Isn't that a sinner? <laughs> no, that's that's the fun part. It's actually the, it's the lightest beer in our in our. Oh, okay. it's, it's really if you if you like put it against say Blue Testament, mm -hmm. I think you find it's actually lighter. It really is, even though it's black in I color. I actually considered the Blue Testament. I was looking. Oh, Blue Testament's our flagship. That's oh, we're the hardest, not even yet. That's the hard. That's the hardest <laughs> beer we make. You know, it's it's a, it uses blue corn from West Texas. I have to go through a cereal mash first decoction, cool it down all the way through second decoction. It's a lager beer where if I mess up, it's going to come right through because there's nothing in the way, and so I have to be dead nuts on every single time. And that's you know I you know it, it's something I'm really proud of. But the funny thing is because it's our flagship, because it's a pilsner, people think mm -hmm. it's like the whatever beer. I'm like, no, that's hard to make. Like it's yeah. really hard to make. Stout's easy, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's or you know giant double IPA. You know, I get my water chemistry right. Basically, it's going to be all right as long as I yeah. choose some good hops. Um, but uh, but no, the Schwartz beer, you know, what we did with the menu, like I was talking about with the Saints and the Sinners, I right. wanted a light, a medium, and a dark colored beer in both. So the cool thing about a Schwartz beer or black lager is it's actually very light and easy to drink, yeah. but it's black in color, so it can sit in that Saint line yeah. and be like, 
yeah, believe it or not, this is a saint. You can't just look at it and go, right. oh, well, that's going to be heavy and whatever. You Which, know? you know, that happens a lot. You all can't judge a book oh, by its cover. No, you can't. No, no, that's, no. That's what we're all... looking person could be the most that's what genuine. We're all, that's what we're all about. Person. That's exactly. what we're all about. I mean, <laughs> but, so that's why, and then, but then you have Nice Circle. I'm like, that's going to kick you in the balls. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but that's what it's for. It's Nice Circle of Hell. It's Dante's Inferno. You know, it's meant. It's where the right. devil and the three fucking traitors were. That's meant to kick you in the balls. And so when you drink that, you're like, wow, that's big. Duh, eight and a half percent, ninety IBU, Cascadian Dark Ale. You had that one, which is what she started. Which one? With. You started with that one today, right? The, the ninth, ninth circle. Yes, I started with the ninth I didn't, circle. I didn't steal a sip, so I'm gonna have to get one in a little no, bit. No, you did not. It was all mine. I <laughs> know. It's a, big, it's a bit, but I mean, that's the point. Is like it can be that or it can be this. Just looking at it, I mean, yeah. you don't, you shouldn't know. Like, oh, well, that must be crazy and almost impossible to drink. No, that's that, no. You didn't brew it right. <laughs> uh, if that's what all of them are to you, that you, you didn't have, yeah. a, you have a good beer. So you know, going back to like your line, like we you you touched on on this a little bit, your saints and your sinners. Do you have um, do you add more beers uh, a lot of times, or you just kind of have the, your core beers that y'all? Brew? So normally, what you're going to find in market is we have we have six that are available to go on tap at all time. Um, we're about to make some changes in that lineup, but currently, like in the Saint line, it's Blue Testament, our American Pilsner with Blue Corn, Sweet Salvation, our Brown Ale. Uh, Black Habit, the Schwartz beer. Mm-hmm. In the center line, we have Hot Postle, our IPA. We have Seder Swill, our Bach. And we have Night Circle, our Black IPA. Right. Um, so, But we only can three of them. We can Blue, Seder's, and Hop right now. We would like to have a fourth core, but we need to build to that. Okay. Um, you know, we, we got well, you will do it, didn't you? Uh, so that's the thing. But what we started doing is like the kind of rotational beers. Oh, They're okay. limited releases. So we did I Garnet Pietist, which is still at markets, or a Raspberry Ginger Saison, Evil Doer, our Amarillo Citra Pale Ale. We just can Kingsbrow. But the idea behind that is like we can it, we do you know we do a batch, we can it, we split it between cans and kegs, it goes out for a limited time. You know, it's gone, it's gone, yeah. and then maybe we'll do more next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of what we've been doing, just because you know to get that shelf space all the time, you know, it's pretty difficult. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, oh, yeah. but we like to stay fresh, and so the way we stay fresh because we do want to put out new beers, and people are looking for new beers from us. You know, we put on tons of stuff off the pilot on the, you know, that's why you're looking on Untap. There's lots of stuff on that you'll see on Untap right. from us. A lot of it is tap room only just because I can make a one-barrel pilot, oh, yeah, take simple. it to the tap room, and I can sell it, it there. Right. But to get label approval and go to market and all of that is a different a animal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, and, you know, cause, and also I have to make sure that the beer goes through market before the, the last one. Otherwise, you're having placement problems right. and all that jazz. So... Sadly, it gets more complicated than you would like, <laughs> um, but uh, but those are the core beers. But that's why we have the rotator nice. series because cool. we like to have other stuff in market as well. I got you. Nice. Yeah. Now going uh, talking about again, you just touched on it. You're uh, you know getting the label approval and all that. Yeah. One thing I love about what you guys do is I love the logo. Thanks. It looks like a, like just a badass like stamp and like yeah, we're fucking back pew. Don't fuck with us. Yeah. And I like your little icons for each beer. Each beer yes. has an icon like. Very clip artish in a way, but also yeah. like it stands out. Like being a metalhead, I love you know album covers. I love oh, yeah. to look at it draws beer labels, even though it's a simple little clip art. It draws me to it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean. So is that kind of like what you wanted to go with this? Or is yeah. that like was is this all your idea? Like. I mean, I wanted to do it. I can tell you, I didn't come up with that. I mean, like, I have to kudos to my branding guys who've done it. Like, for instance, like I said, I, I would draw, like, a stick figure and be like, yeah. there you go, there's that. Yeah, cool. yeah and so, like, just for instance, so if anybody, if you ever look up our logo, you'll notice our logo is always crooked. Yeah. Because like it's supposed that. to be, like, somebody tagged it with, like, yeah. spray paint or whatever. Yeah. That's why it's got the spray paint crap all over it. I like it. And, it. and it works out great, but if it were my druthers, and this is why I'm not the branding guy, is it would be, you know, it'd be parallel and perfectly straight and all that stuff, because that's just the way my brain works. Right. But that's why I leave it to those guys. 
guys because they're more creative. You know, they're creative. They see when it makes sense to do things like that, and they do a great job with it. Cool. But I'm glad you enjoy. And uh, no, I do, man. The I funny thing great. is, like the so like evildoer, Saint Beer called evildoer. How do we make an icon for that? And that's why it's kind of the you know you have your fingers behind yes, your back. I love that. And so stuff yes. like that. And Pietists, like how do you do that? Because it's technically a Saint Beer sort of. But I was thinking like you know those. I, I was kind of going a little dark with it. You know those like guys who are like so devout that they like whip themselves. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I okay. thought maybe do something like that. But the you know kind of the the devotion hands thing that we ended up doing mm-hmm. for it worked yeah. really well. It was like had the since it was a raspberry. It's why right. The raspberry I, I was looking at that on yeah. the tablet. Um, so we we you know some of them are a little bit more esoteric um we, we we try to stay away from it as much as we can but every now and then it kind of just fits the beer but then we got to come up with, a, with an image for it and we're that's when we go shit did we did we, we push made, some boundaries we, here we, we may have made that a little too hard on ourselves <laughs> um, well, I, mean, I mean i mean ninth circle of hell but you just have this like cool like fucking skull yeah it's, we just figured it looks just, cool you know yeah, like yeah. you're knocking on the door yeah yeah you know yeah. like hey let me in you know I'm home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, honey, I'm home. Yeah, honey, I'm home. And then Act of Valor, of course. I love that demon head or devil head. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I think what's... Because um, Bal- Balor is the three-eyed demon of blight. So mm-hmm. that's where that little dude comes from. Yeah, I, I, I love that. that one, that's a great... Picture. One thing that did pop in my head, and you could give me credit for this, um, I guess with the whole history... I said Valor, but I meant Balor. It's it, either one. Yeah. It yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole history with uh, the location is... How I said it, it made me think a little Koreshi, but... Also, Jones. So, y'all should make a beer like Jones Juice. Like a Jones Punch? Jones Punch. That could be kind of fun. That, that could be really fun. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So, <laughs> and Black Habit looks like me with a hoodie. Black <laughs> Habit's actually very delicious. Yeah, man. Right? So I'm, I'm digging this, man. You need t-shirts with each logo. We right. thought about doing that. We thought about having like a theme shirt per per style. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, could, we thought that could be pretty fun. But we're also like nerds. I don't know if you saw. We have the pew 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 one, like the Star Wars shirts. Yeah. Yes, I, I saw that. That's, that's those awesome. came out right before May the Fourth, yeah. which is perfect. Yeah, so. it works. We saw that. Yeah. So, um, do you consider yourself a saint or a sinner? Man, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just lucky to be here. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, we, we've been, it's been pretty cool. You know, when you when you start your own business, you, you always have a vision for what you think it's going to be. You, you, but there's a lot of stuff that's just so unknown that you don't know where it's going to evolve yeah. to go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, we're, we're in, we're, you know, we're in year three now. Which is pretty crazy to think about. You know, it's come a long way since when I took over the keys to a church and turned it into what we've got now. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like the people that that support us. You know, both here locally across the city of Houston, the people who work for me. You know, I've got a tons of volunteers, and what, especially when we were in the room next door. You know, we certainly could never, we'd never do it without them. We still can't do it without them. So we still have volunteers, things like that. Um, our regulars, who you will hear coming by here in just a moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And there they are. And, uh, good. Uh, yeah, put our regular. Good. So, um, you know, so our regulars who are ornery or otherwise, but uh, they seem like sinners to me. <laughs> yeah, probably. They they probably are. Um, but uh, standing at the bar, everyone. One thing that I've noticed is everyone is so friendly and. <laughs> Very open. What'd you think it was going to be like a bunch of rude people? I don't know. I think, <laughs> when I think church, I think oh, very <laughs> judgment. Yes. Um, no, but that again, but that's that's the whole reason. That's I think that's why it works. Though I think the diversity. I mean, like you said, I mean, you have families coming through on the weekends. You have, you know, 
different walks of life, oh, yeah. which I think is amazing, and that's what I love about craft beer is it brings so many people together. Well, that's why it pissed me off. So not long ago, we had a, you know, every now and then in the service industry, you have unique customers. You of usually course. don't tell anybody else about them, but there is one that was a really interesting story that I am going to share now. Oh, man, I, um, I love these stories. And so, we, we, not too long ago, so, you know, so, you know, my family helps pick, you know, mom and dad, they help, they're, you know, they're retired, so every now and then they want something to do, so they help on the weekends. They're, you know, a big part of the business. Of course, they support and so whenever I need help, if I if they're available, they come and help. But they really help work on the weekends, which is super beneficial because a lot of times I, I either try to do these things or I'm sometimes I work in the brewery on the weekends, stuff like that. So I can't always be accessible. And having them out there to help, you know, because they hear it the most, mm-hmm. do it has been really beneficial. Well, you know, you try to do everything you can for your customer, even if you maybe disagree because that's just the way it should be. It's a service right. industry. You wouldn't be here without them. And this one lady came up. She was very frustrated. Now, our thing is you have to have a back view glass. You know, because we don't, we can't wash glassware. We don't have the license to do that. Right. But that's why we also charge you like basically nothing to do it. Right. Um, we get, we basically, we almost give it to you for cost. Just, to exactly. fuck, just have yeah. a glass, like have it, just and bring it back, and then you'll, the beer's even cheaper. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. where she was frustrated that she couldn't use whatever the hell glass she had brought, and I was like, well, that's been like that for three years now, so. <laughs> Um, it's always been that way. It's always funny when they tell you, like, they, they'll tell me, like, oh, that's not the rule here. I was like, I make all the rules, and yeah. I started it. So yeah, the fact that you don't, you said that to me means you don't know who I am. Not that I'm important, but I did everything here. So no, we've never had that rule, ma'am. Um, but, uh, but she was very frustrated. So she, she complained, and she said that this place is bullshit. I'm never coming back again. Because apparently you can't get service, so I guess she says she wasn't waiting on the bar fast enough unless you have your tits hanging out and tattoos and gauged ears. Wow. Now, this is not only shocking for those of you who've never been here, because first of all, we don't give a shit about that. But second yeah. of all, the majority of our customers are moms and I, retired I, I, I folk. I have noticed that. No. So, I, I see no tits or tattoos out there. No. But. I mean, like when a chick is breastfeeding, if you're creepy enough to look, like whatever. <laughs> but... Like, I mean, it's just, you know, like if you're a brash, like maybe because they're, yeah, they get the, you know, you get the metal clientele, you of get course. the gaysers, all that, but even there, you're going to get weighed on the same as everybody else. Right. So, but I was like, yeah, but you get more man boob and brash. You get more man boob and brash. But, man-boob. but it's just really funny because I looked around, I was like, where are those people? Because I'd love for them to be, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, what so, days are you here? Yeah, that's, that's, when, that's just one of those things where we were all kind of like, that's one of the weirdest things ever. And then, like, she was with a big party of people and they came up later and they're like, that's our friend, and she kind of does this everywhere. And I was oh, like, "Well, so could you like not?" Bring can her? I speak to the manager? <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah, it was just one of those things where I was just like, "Wow, really?" Yeah, but you know, this yeah, it, I'm sure she's a nice lady. But it was just one of the weirdest things where we all were just baffled, like, "What in the Why? hell is going on?" Because we serve, we try to serve, we serve fast. We use a token system so that way we can serve you fast. You're not waiting in a long ass line. You know our people are knowledgeable. We we hit the bar now. If you're standing at the where, so you have the bar and then you have the poles way back here. If you're standing out here and people are walking up, yeah, we're not going to serve you first. That's your fault. Like That's walk your fault. up to the bar. It's a long ass bar. Shy. Stand the bar. Up. We're going to get you. Uh, so it's one of those where I was like, maybe that was. I don't know. It's it's just one of those where I was like, guys, don't even worry about. It. Just move on. You know, I trust my guys. You weren't being a dick. You know, we're very. You know, all my guys are great. You know, if I ever see you doing that, I'm going to stop you before a customer's going to stop you if you're being, like, sultry, uh, you know, being ornery. Like, I promise, a customer's not going to have to interface with that. And if they do, it's gonna, they're going to see me, like, chew your ass out because that's just not the way we are. Like, what the hell? Well, we don't do that. No. I do. You just don't see it usually. I like that side eye he gave yeah. so, so on that note, uh, a new center beer, TNT, tits and tattoos, uh, you know, made of uh, that, <laughs> that 
<laughs> Patented. We Done. Just, we just made it Done. right now. Hellas Doppelbach. Hellas Doppelbach. There you go. We can put we can put uh, glitter in it or something. Oh, that God. Way. Please don't do that. <laughs> See, it was about please the Jones juice. <laughs> so, you know, go, uh, speaking of beers and, and the way you brew it and stuff, I saw that the Garnet, um, what is it? Pietist. Yeah. Pietist, thank you. It's a Saison and it says it's a collaboration with Garnet Heart Blog. Yeah, so their beer blog. So Cameron is now wife Kirby used to live kind of in the Woodlands area, and uh, um, so he used to come over all the time. He uh, he has a lot of family down in the Alvin area, and so we met him, and we just you know became good friends. He's a, he's on Instagram. He's a beer blogger, and so he was giving me shit because we so we did Pietist. That was that was the saison I like right, because I like to do a straight up saison. Right. Yeah, I love saison. And he was just giving me shit. He's like, man, you gotta put fruit in beer. You gotta do it. People are loving on it. You got you know he was you know of course he's you know like you guys you know you're all about you what you see a lot of beer yeah. watch a lot of beer you know the other bloggers what's hot. He's like, man, you gotta put beer in something. It's like, and so he decided to have his. Uh, um, they're not wedding rehearsal, but like a, a engagement party okay. out here. And so I said, okay, awesome. So you know, I, so they, they came out here on a Sunday. At the time, we were only open on Saturday. So I was like, yeah, man, no, no problem. You know, he's, he gives us good props, and he's a good dude. You know, just a friend. So we opened up. Um, and so he said, all right, well, how about can you brew a beer for me for that day? And I was like, what do you want? And he said, I want you to put fruit in something. I said, what? He goes, how about the saison? I said, okay, what, what fruit do you want? He said, passion fruit, because it's like pinkish. You know, it's yeah. garnet heart, right, whatever, right. garnet whatever. So I said. Passion fruit, like one of the most expensive fruits, <laughs> yeah, like on the, the planet. Fruit, and he was like, "Don't worry, don't worry, I'll pay for it." I said, "Great." So I looked up the price of passion fruit and sent it to him. He goes, "What else can we pick?" <laughs> and so, you know, just to go with the color, I was like, "Well, you know, how about how about how about raspberry?" And I said, and "Ginger, I think would really help brighten it up because yeah. raspberries can be a little tart, right. but bring that bring that with the, in the ginger." He said, "Okay, that sounds great." So the first time we did, it, we did it for him. And so I said, let's call it Garnet Heart because, or Garnet Pietist, because Gar- it's you know right. he made he pushed me right. to do it. So he was jazzed up when we uh, when we actually sent it to market. Um, you know, sadly cool, he's man. he's moved to Colorado, so he yeah, I need well, to get him a six pack. I was just about to ask because I, I looked him up and it says they're out of Denver. Yeah, so that's the one. That's now, yeah, that's the oh, same. Okay. Yeah, they they moved about a year ago. Oh, okay, got it. And uh, so Cameron and Kirby, great folks. They just got married not too nice. long ago. But that is where it came from. That's what it is. Okay. And it was nice to push me in that direction. When we first made it, and so people have asked me this, and I want to, if anybody out there who was going to ask me this, you can now know. <laughs> um, so when we first did Garnet Pietist that way with the raspberries, what we would do, because it was only served here in, in, in kegs, is I would ferment it out. I'd make this Pietist. I'd put the raspberries in at the very end. And because it was always stored cold, it wasn't going to continue to ferment. Okay? okay. So the raspberry, you kept the sugar part of the raspberry. There was the tart flavor, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But there was also some sweetness. And a lot of the raspberry beers out there are more akin to that, especially since some do use the flavoring, which is not a negative thing. Right. It, depending on how you're doing it, um, you need to use the flavoring instead. Right. Now, that's an important thing about the next thing I'm going to talk about. And that was when we went to market with it, we wanted to package it because I thought it was really nice and bright and great for summer. The difference is when we package, we can't have residual fermentation in the can because that's how you get can bombs. It's a big pain in the ass. Right. And it's also dangerous. It's not good. Hell yeah, it's dangerous. And so, but I don't like using flavoring. It's just a personal preference. I, if I'm going to put something in my beer, it's going to be something that's a real thing. Right. And so I yeah. used, I used when I use ginger, I use ginger. Right. When I use raspberries, I use raspberries. It might be a puree, but it's just, it's just still, pureed raspberries. Still, right. And so, but the problem is they have sugar in them. So putting them at the end, like I did on the pilot batches, is impossible because if I put that in a can, the saison yeast, they're gonna have a heyday. Oh, yeah. Um, so what I and I piloted this, and so people had it before I actually made the big batch. I started putting it in during fermentation to let them eat the sugar. Um, and what that did was it didn't completely kill the raspberry. You had some earlier. Mm-hmm. Instead, what it did was it kind of took a lot of the sweetness from the raspberry away, left the tart. But I thought that that was really nice balance with the saison flavor, the gingers of brightness at the end. And so that's what we ended up doing. Uh, now, you know, 
people have said that, you know, of course, it, it made it a little more polarizing because of the tartness, because yeah. of that. You know, Saison's in general have a little bit of struggle in the area just because they are that farmhouse right. kind of funkiness. But I really love that. It is a Saison. It's one of my favorite um, styles, man. And so, so that's what we ended up doing with it. So if any of you out there are wondering why it's not like that original like one it was, <laughs> that's why. Because we can't make it that way. We yeah. don't have a flash pasteurization thing. There's no way for us to, to do that reliably and also put a quality product. This is a slightly different one, but I really believe in it. I think it still is a great beer. It's just slightly different than that one. Nice. Nice. So. Well, I yeah. said it. I said yeah. my piece. Yes. But right now it's been a thing where some people are like, you know, get, whenever you hear like, oh, it's not like that one long enough, you're like, there's a whole, there's a thing behind why. There's a reason why. I didn't just like forget how to make that one. Yeah. There's a legitimate reason why. You know, it's funny too, because when it comes to ginger, that's one of those ingredients that my palate, me and Either ginger, don't, we don't get along. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not a big ginger fan. But for some reason, I, I didn't taste a whole lot of the ginger yeah. in this beer. I don't know if that was uh, the goal, but I, I, but definitely the tartness of the raspberry was more uh, yeah. upfront to me. No, and, I, I agree. Uh, and I, I, I did get a little bit of that ginger on the back end, it's just... but it didn't. I didn't hate it. You know what I mean? Uh, well, yeah, I didn't want it. Ginger is an overpowering flavor potentially. It it keep in mind, it's a spice. It's a spice yeah. for yes. a reason. Yeah, ginger is um, crazy. But, I, I just wanted it to brighten up right. that. So you're right. I, I get it personally on the back of the palate, the, kind of the end of the sip, where it's just kind of in there mm-hmm. at the end. So we also use ginger, and you guys will probably laugh about this. So one thing that craft brewers obviously usually hate, so like Blue Testament Pilsner, I use blue corn. Why? Because it, you know, I don't know if you've had it yet, but it really gives you that nice corn flavor. And blue right. corn's kind of wild. It all comes from West Texas, raw, non-GMO. I talk to the farmer, super cool. But we have another beer that we do is uh, Supa Midori. Again, I'm a huge nerd, love Japanese stuff, so that's where it came from. And if you if you read like the Kirin bottle, it says Supa Dry, and so I was like, that's where that came from, but Midori's <laughs> Japanese for green, and we had matcha green tea to it. Ooh. But we use Japanese uh, sushi rice, and we do a cereal mash with that on the front end, so it's like a Japanese rice lager. Sriracha Yates hops, it was developed for Sapporo, and then we put... Then we put is that on tap right now? No, no, it's, I, we can steal a sample off the pile. Oh, I was like, though. I yeah, love Sriracha Yates, yeah, yeah, like, We're going to go do that in a minute. You're but it's, but yeah. it's, it's a really cool beer, but the funny thing is, people have hand us on a tap for this beer. I put it on, it went like fire. People loved it. But the funny thing is, they're like, you can't use rice in a craft beer. Blah, blah. I was oh, like, yeah, you can. Yes. You, can. You, have to, you have to treat you it right. You have to know what and, you're doing. Yeah, you, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like, so the Miller or the Buds, yeah, sure, they're using rice to cut the flavor out. Right. But you're talking like 50% rice syrup. This is 10% of the grist. The rest of it's pills oh, yeah. mash, and we decoct it to really round the flavors out. Plus, you get a little bit of ginger in the boil, so we boil it for 15 minutes, so it's not overly intense. But what you end up with is this nice, delicate, beautiful little Pilsner beer, because that's really what Japanese beers are modeled after. Um, you, you don't get any of the dill from the Sriracha Ace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the matcha, matcha is weird because it's earthy, but it also right. has a slight sweet note. So it's this beautiful, delicate, light Pilsner beer, easy as shit to drink. And so it's really cool to be doing it again, but it's really funny. We've just gotten backlash. And if but you see, go look at the untapped on Super Midori, but, 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 people are just hammering it, but they drank three of them. And I was like, well, awesome well. you said that, though. I love that because, <laughs> again, going back to what we talked about earlier, being a social media uh, world, once all they know is that it's bad to put rice, but they don't care to research why. Yeah. They just know that the big beers do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or corn. I hear the big beers put corn, put rice, so if a small brewery does it, you're cutting corners. You're, you're cutting corners. Yeah. You're cheating. I you're, promise. You, you know what I mean? And, and that's the reason why they hate it. Or, or you know, but they don't understand why you The do process it, you know? of yeah, it. I think. Well, that, that's why, like, Blue Testament, it, again, not, to, not only that it's, like, a big hard beer to make, but the fact that we coax that flavor out of the corn. That's why we do it. Hey, trust me, if I just made a straight-up Pilsner with 100% Pilsner malt, I could make a great, more German-style Pilsner. It wouldn't right. be a German-style Pilsner. But that corny flavor from the dimethyl sulfide, 
uh, based on my testing, no real diacetyl, but corn tastes like corn because diacetyl and diacetyl sulfide typically considered off flavors. In an American Pilsner, Prepo Lager, whatever you want to call it, it's supposed to taste like corn. Otherwise, why the hell would you bother? Because right, you can't, exactly. corn yeah. is hard to process. So is mm -hmm. rice. It's actually kind of difficult to get the sugars out if you're using the wrong ingredients. But if you're looking for that flavor, and that's why I went with corn instead of rice for Blue Testament, because rice always tastes like flavor neutral. Right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's why I did it because that blue, you pull that toast. It's almost like a fresh corn tortilla flavor on the back of the palate, and that's what you're looking for. So if you're like, wow, that tastes like corn on the back end, that's not right. Actually, it's exactly right. Right. But is it a good German Pilsner? Absolutely not. It's a fucking terrible German Pilsner. It's not supposed to be a German Pilsner. It's not supposed to be a Czech Pilsner. It's supposed to be a Bohemian Pilsner. Right. It's a American, American light, or it used to be called an American lager, American Pilsner, right. now considered pre-prohibition lager. But again, that's your waxing intellectual. So right. your average beer drinker, and that's why I was talking about maybe thinking about changing my lineup or changing Schwartz beer to black lager. Right. Um, it's not necessarily that it's bad they don't know. Mm -hmm. um, they're still learning. The problem is what do they know? And it's a lot easier to understand black lager than it is to understand Schwartz beer. Right. It's a lot easier to understand uh, Texas lager or American lager than it is to know Pilsner or American Pilsner. Why is that different than when I take a real ale Hans Pilsner or this or that or the other? Which are very typically German in theme, right? Um, because Hans they're pills. Because, because they're different <laughs> beers. Yeah. Uh, but some people have a difference decoupling that. Why does it yeah. taste like Hans Pils? Because I ain't real ale and I didn't make Hans Pils. <laughs> <laughs> Great beer. Go drink it if you want a Hans Pils. But if you want my beer, try this. It's different. You, you want to know what this reminds me of? Let's talk about beer and metal. Let's talk about the uh, similarities between oh, yeah. the beer world and the metal world. It's so you have black similar. metal, you have your post black metal, you, you have, have your, your hardcore, you have, you have your, your early. We could go hardcore. on and yes. on and on because Beer there's labels so many and metal labels. There's so many subgenres oh, in yeah. metal, and there's so many sub uh, styles in yeah. beer. It's like, okay, so do you? Uh, am I a black metal band or am I a post black metal band? Because now, like nowadays, no offense to everyone out there, but like you know. I grew up when black metal first started, basically, and you know it was like rowdy and fucking spikes and blood and inverted crosses, and you burn. They the actually really, them. they literally did burn churches. And now, <laughs> Kronos and what <laughs> right. <have> you? <laughs> and, and now these new post black metal bands look like your everyday farmers market guys. Yeah, the but, guys that are hey, there, veganism. <laughs> Go yeah. look at Mastodon. Yeah, exactly. Awesome metal. Right. But, but if you, you look, look at them, guys, you're like, you're like, really? You guys are metal because you don't look anything like it at all whatsoever. I mean, not saying I do because I, I don't have a tattoo or long hair. But um, I have my, a tattoo. Right. But my <laughs> point, my, my my point is. Do you call yourself a black logger or do you call yourself a short? It's hard it's to the same distinguish. Thing. You know what I mean? Categorize. So, it's funny, man, how it works. But man. some people really, really care, and that's why it's they tricky. Do. That's why it's really, really difficult to make that decision. Yes. But that's why sometimes I'm like, look, man, how about how about we forget? Let's not worry about. How about that. enjoy it? Uh, well, yeah, at, at the end of the day, like you know, you can go to Rate Beer, you can go to Untapped, you can follow this, that, and the other. Drink it. Yeah. yeah. Give it a shot. What's it taste like? Like, I mean, it, it's not even what I tell you it tastes like. I'm talking about your palate. If you're a smoker, you drink a lot of coffee, you drink whatever, you, what you taste is what, is you, what taste. you taste. And that's, that's one thing that yeah, we do is we have different Oh, uh, me, and her, me and her are different completely Opposite, when completely. we, you know, our normal uh, format for our show is we just review beer. Yeah. We just uh, sit at home, we each, uh, about four beers an episode, we, you know, and me aroma. and her both are like, even when it comes to like color, I'm like, oh yeah, it looks gold. She's like, no, it looks orange. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck man, like, <laughs> we're already fighting over like the difference. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty funny. Husband yeah, and wife. Yeah, syndrome. you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, so let's get back to uh, back to this. So, I love 
the way you talk about beer, man. You have a big passion. I can totally tell. You, you're really passionate fun. when you're talking, man. I you wake up in the middle of the night. Holy shit, did we leave that valve open? Like, no, it's bad. <laughs> Is that what you've been thinking about this whole time? Like, wait, what's going it's, on? In it's the weird. Room? It's, it's like this chiller break. Like, you know, you know, sometimes you wake up and you don't know why, and I'm always like, oh, it's cut. No, no, we're fine. Yeah, I just, no, we're fine. just I didn't brew today. Did I? If you weren't brewing, what would you be doing? Um, so being from Houston, you know, I, I really, you know, I, I went to go be a Kimmy. I mean, it was, it was, it was flat up, you know, I grew up, my you know, family was oil field guys. My, my mom's yeah. whole family, she's from Louisiana, South Louisiana. Most of those guys are, you know, machinists or operators of plants. Yeah. So I was, I was definitely slated to go into engineering firm, you know, like an ExxonMobil oil field kind of services firm of some sort was likely what I would be doing. Um, I did a stint with Amazon, which was a really cool company to work for. Obviously, they've got a lot going on. I was in their ops side, so fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of my money. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very difficult business to be in. But you know, the bummer was I looked at it and I said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm just the kind of guy. I'm a workaholic. Uh, I, I admit that um, affects lots of parts of my life. But you know, I'm always thinking about that. But why do it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, there's the dollars in Amazon, like the awesome offer potential to make even more money. But mm-hmm. if I'm going to spend that kind of time, and then at any time I can either be cut or walk away, and I didn't really build yeah. my thing, I'd rather go build something that I'm passionate about. Where I and I, I believe that what we do with beer is a little different, and that people really can get into it. And I think that that's how you build a, a legitimate brand that people right. are going to get behind and stick around for. And it's it's like cooking. Like when you cook for a big group of people, the best thing about it is really watching them eat the food and loving it. Right. Oh, well, yeah. That's that's what really brewing's about. Like, yeah, we have to do we you know it is a business, and I have to think about how we keep growing it because I want to give people jobs, I want to give them raises, I want to you know continue to grow their livelihoods as well as mine because I got people to invest money into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also really an awesome business because I get to share something that I think that I do that's special, and when people enjoy it, like that's the best. People go, oh yeah, you know the money, this that. What's the best part is like when you randomly walk around a beer festival and somebody drinking your beer and they're like oh man that was I didn't even know about those guys that was fucking awesome yeah, yeah. that's cool like yeah. and not that I walk up and like hey I'm the guy who made that it's more <laughs> just like somebody really did enjoy all that hard work because you know the times of trials and tribulations dealing with distributor agreements and label approval and this and that and the other so I spend most of my time thinking about but really it's to get somebody to pick the beer up and go I fucking love this and I oh, want to yeah, keep man. drinking it and so you know that that's you know that was the cool part. That's what kind of pushed me into this versus going that route. Watching cool, that man. end product. There. Although every now and then I'm like, man, you know, it'd be nice to be fucking you know kind of well, yeah well up right now. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, back living with the parents, I got dogs. It's all right. You know, it's okay. Yeah, I'm a 30 year old grown ass man. Um, but all the time, but it's just one of those things where it's like it's not worth it. You know, I I'm yeah. barely at home. Why even have a house or an apartment? Yeah. apartment I had to clean it. Yeah. Uh, I have to, not that I don't have to clean my room but basically I go in there I sleep I clean my room you know, and I keep it concise all that shit but um, you know it's just one of those things where it's all in good time and eventually that will happen as we grow and we evolve and things will change And but that's just the, that's just like the mark of a, of a, of a small and starting business um, you always want it faster Yeah. But that, that's why I always feel bad though if sales guy come in oh this isn't awesome we sold this like yeah it is how about you do that five more times I'm not being a dick, but I'm just always thinking about like let's like yeah, you know, keep, let's keep let's keep this rolling. Why stop there? That's where you have to be. I think if you're going to be an entrepreneur, start your own thing. If you're just like, yeah, I want to make like five sprockets, and once those are sold, even though you got all this free time, you're like, yeah, good. Like it must be one hell of a fucking sprocket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but no, like those of us, you know, we want to do. We want our beer in more places. We want to be right. able to go to all these places, see it because it's fun. You, know, you go out to this event, go out to that event, sponsor this, sponsor that. Yeah. It's cool. Well, see, I mean, I, I, we just talked about this last episode. I mean, between me and her, um, everybody that starts a business, I mean, 
you want it to succeed. It's yeah. it's about making money, man. You know, I mean, in the long run, you know what I mean? Like, why are you going to start a business just to be okay at it? You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to be yeah, wanna, the best you at do, it. You, you know? do. I mean, you want you want that check to come in the mail like, wait, who wants to buy me? For how much? <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure, yeah. That does, do it, it does show success. It, it's it's yeah. a little bit weird for a lot of people to think of, but it shows a certain level of success. Right, exactly. How you go about it, it's completely different. Of course. Um, but at the same time, I do want people to understand, like, whether you, you love, hate Carbot, because they're the ones you can talk about most recently, especially in our exactly. area. Right. Think about what all those guys Yeah, they get so have. close to home to a, everybody. A, a, lot, a lot of guys that work there still, who you remember knowing, if you were in the industry or whatever, yeah. are, a lot of them are still there. Yeah, they still uh, are. They're right. making the same great beer. They got raises. They got, you know, health benefits and all those things so those owners well yes they banked out and you can hate them for it mm -hmm. you know they did do something and that's as, as a small business owner i can tell you for my employees i have to think about like okay you know if we if we if i make the wrong moves you know these people have given me their time um and they should be rewarded as such and really what their reward is to get their their paycheck and to feel comfortable with that and all of those things so there's a relative there's a large amount of that riding on your back when you're thinking about, you know, you're asking these people because it's hard life. Yeah. It's not the best paycheck. This is not working for Exxon Mobil. Right. Um, you know, yeah, you know, the beer rep life is is another interesting one because it's like you've got to be out all day <laughs> at grocery stores and you kind of got to yeah. be out all night. And Saturdays, Sundays, for the most Forget part, you're it. out working. No way. Um, and so, so I luckily it, had the weekend free this week. No, but I'm just it's it's just one of those things where it's you know it's it is a romantic aspect of the brewing industry. Right. But you have to think about that. You know, it it takes a while to really get to that level, but you constantly want to do better because it's not. Not just yes, I want to reinvest in the brewery. Yes, I want to keep growing my brand. Yes, we want to make more money. But your employees are going to benefit from that, and if they don't, that's when you're a dick. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you want to think about that because you know, yeah, it would be really great to get my guys up to a certain pay level. I have a goal in mind, especially for at least a little while. Can't quite get there yet, but I would much rather try to keep bumping them up and keep doing things and sacrificing time and effort. And that's what these guys are doing too. They're giving yeah. me their oh, time yeah. to get us there because they believe in what we're doing, all that. So it's really, really important, but you're right. It, it, it does seem weird and twisted that, yeah, they sold out, and, yeah, the lion's share went to the owners, but they also, what, what is somewhat sometimes forgotten is they also took the risk and put their money out yeah, there exactly. to do it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And they could have failed. Yeah, they could have. And if, if, oh, if yeah. they failed, the only people that would give any shits are the people who put the money in it and right. failed. Right. Now, it also sucks as they affected those people they employed and all that. Yes, I understand that, but they are now out. So there's something that comes with that. It's, it's like playing the stock market. You forget about that. Yeah, you put risk. it on a risky stock, you can make a shit ton of money, but you could also lose it all. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a small business. There, is. there is that inherent risk in investment and failure. So the reason why they make out more is because they invested more, and that was it. Mm -hmm. It's not that everybody's bad. In fact, they kept most of their staff on, which is a hell of a thing to do because if you go look at a lot of what's happened to a lot of the other acquisitions, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. they Some clean house. Like they're leaving, they're so you know, they struck a good deal for their people, and that, that has to be commended. I know it sucks to have backed a brand to then just get purchased by them. I understand that, and right. it does. But you also do have to think a little bit about why didn't those guys leave, and that's because they realize that they still get to do what they do. They still get to do it the quality. They do it better, if anything. Mm -hmm. And then they they, you know, they got some benefits they didn't have before. That's that's kind of a goal of a business. Yeah, dude. I, I, I it's said that it's last like time, if man. you yeah. start with you start so with like two two rocks, and eventually you have an entire you know you know coliseum built out. Yeah, exactly. That's what you that's what you want to do. Right. Um, and uh, it, 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 you can call it greed and call it whatever, but that's part of it. The economic growth of it is as important as the growth of the brand and the number of beers you make and everything else. Everything's part of it because that then gets shared. It does. But it's, see. The owners, employees, and family are the only ones who will ever understand that because the fans are the ones who are criticizing the most. And it's just like in music, like when a big, when a band 
get signed to a major label, if you're an underground local band and you get signed to a major label, oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. Yeah, now, you're, done. You're, you're you now you've gained. 20 million more fans? Well, you just lost one because now you're a pussy and now you're a sellout. So forget you. I'm like, not gonna... Or I got this way because I make great music and you supported me. Yeah. Why are you, Why are you ditching? Yeah, exactly. Now, if my entire sound changes just because I got signed and it turns into pussy music, sure. That's yeah. one thing. But if it's still them rocking out, it's like, what is it? Isn't it Opeth that those guys eventually said whatever and they started playing like like jazz music? Well, okay, so Opeth, Opeth what, what's funny about Opeth is they knew a lot of clean vocals. Isn't that and what they did? Like they eventually, they, that yeah. guy was like, hey, look, man, I'm, I've been doing this so long, I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go just play awesome guitar for like, I think it was like smooth jazz or something. But <laughs> he was just like, look, it's a hard life. Yeah, it's it it's hard to do it. And we're not going to go out by making shitty music, but we're going to go out. We're gonna, right. I think it was Opeth. And they were like, I think so. Sorry if I don't. Don't you might be right. My brain, right. So those of you out there, like this guy's an asshole. Yes, I am. I don't. <laughs> oh no, a lot of other stuff floats around my brain, so I can't always keep everything straight. No, so I do have good. a tendency to, to misspeak. But uh, one of those dudes, you know, one of those hard guys. Basically, they're like, man, I'm, I'm tired of this. And when the guitarist, I know he went to do like smooth jazz or something, just because he's like, look, I love playing it. Yeah, I can't it. do this anymore. Yeah, I can't do metal no more, man. That's uh, you know, we're just gonna be those old guys, like sort of trying. I don't want to do that. I don't yeah. want to be that guy. So, you know, it's funny. Let's, 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 let's go into Metal Men and we'll call it a day. So, um, you know, obviously before coming here, my initial uh, reaction to seeing Back Pew, like I said earlier, is, all right, this place has to be somewhat metal. It has to be. There's no way they have these names of their sinner beers and not understand what that shit really is. So, you are a metalhead, correct? As far as I know. Cool. <laughs> uh, let's, what, what's your favorite band? Well, I mean, like, uh, or like, what, 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 what I do you listen so, to the most? Well, back, back when what was really starting, of course, you know, I remember, I remember getting um, the the Slipknot second album, Iowa. Okay. I remember that, and then, you know, of course, like System of a Down. Like, I remember getting those albums. Like, those, those were what really started me down the path. Um, since then, you know, it has evolved. I've been all over the place. You know, you put on Dimmu Borgia radio, and I just kind of let that roll. Yeah. You know, love some Dimmu Borgia. They're crazy fucking guys. You know, crazy stuff. It changes all the time, but I enjoy it. Um, I had a Cradle of Filth phase. I don't know what Metalhead has not maybe had a little Cradle of Filth phase. Their first album, uh, Principal Evil Made Flesh, I own, and that was my favorite album from them at all See, Damnation in a Day, I loved for a long time. It was just a really cool story because it got threaded through the whole thing. The metal was good. You ever seen his movie? Cradle oh, yeah, of Fear? Cradle of Fear. I just <laughs> roar, roar from hell. So, you know, you go through all of that and everything else, but, like, Demi Borgia pops up a lot. I've gotten into this... Uh, uh, a lot of stuff like animals as leaders lately. Skill cool. the summit, those yeah. guys. So, um, you know, gotten into those guys a lot lately. Uh, you know, Sithu, Sithu, I, Pliny. So I've gone that way. I don't know why. There's something about it that just, you know, nice. that uh, that just goes that way for me. So that's not a, that's a weird genre yeah. because it seems to cross boundaries. You'll have like super metal guys play like that, and mm-hmm. then you'll have like weird hardcore thrash guys sort of play it. Yeah. And then you get guys like Sithu, I, who's like a Japanese Scottish guy. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, yeah. but the guy can fucking play. Yeah. So Somehow you know, it it's just, it's just really cool to listen to. It's this weird music. So you know, I've kind of been bouncing around lately nice. as far as all of that. You know, so um, so I, you know, I'd like to keep it eclectic, just like our beers. You know, then I'll have a night where I'm listening to like old school, like da- you know, Miles Davis blues, like oh, you yeah. know, like yeah. the, the OG yeah. stuff. So you know, I'm bouncing around. But as far as metal, that's kind of where I've been. The, the spheres I've been going into. My my, uh, sadly, he just announced his two his two week notice, which is a good thing. Uh, he's going to be leaving us. He was my first employee. We were still tearing this place down. Dan Henley, he was my keg driver for a while. He is the metal guy. Like, you want to talk metal? That dude runs circles around me. Like, the metal knowledge and shit like that. I was like, man, if Jeopardy ever did a metal version, like, you should go on that <laughs> shit. 
Um, yeah, he 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 always he usually keeps me in the loop as to what is it like. He one time he put on this band. I said, "What is it?" And you were talking about subgenres. Uh-huh. He said, "It's it's carnival ska opera metal." <laughs> And okay, I was okay, wait, before before, before he put it on. I was like, I, I don't know what's about to happen. But what? we were tearing down. It was actually pretty cool. It had some weird horn section part of it because I love ska. It's kind of dead, but I love ska. If you ever Streetlight Manifesto ever comes by, go see them. They're awesome. Um, but it had that, and of course, you know that kind of operatic singing that you get sometimes. And then behind that was some awesome metal. Not quite sure what the carnival part was. It had that like tension, like fin troll <laughs> stuff like that. Um, you know, it had, but it was it was actually really cool. I was like, Weird. "How the fuck you even found this? I have Weird. no idea." Weird. Just uh, trolling the web one night. I, that's the thing. Like, you know, the, the the internet is a large and scary place. It is. It, it is um, man. You see new stuff every day. Yeah, but uh, so yeah. So as far as metal, that's that's where I've nice. been digging on. But I've been digging on that kind of other weirder stuff here lately, just because cool. something about that uh, almost just straight, you know, um, you know, hardcore talent kind of stuff has been has just been getting me lately. I don't know. Nice. It's, I mean, you know, uh, I come from the uh, underground death metal world, black metal and stuff like that, Jimmy Borger and uh, Cannibal Corpse and, yeah. and, and so on and so on. It's funny to hear, I'm not going to like brag on you, but yeah, when yeah. he said Slipknot, you know, I kind of cringed a little bit. It's you know? funny. <laughs> I, that's why I said it got me into it back, back when to start the but, path. But, but it talks about going back to what we say about beer too. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. always have something that gets you into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I think that's what's funny is how we relate beer and metal because yeah. you that, that, That's why I started the Beer Metal Show, man, because I had to talk about both things because yeah. to me they're, they're so they, they similar. They lead the very parallel um, lines, dude. Like so The cultures crazy. match. I mean, you're willing to try something new. And then you're you also have your elitist yeah. in both genres i mean i try not to be elitist but sometimes i do come across that way and sometimes i do as well okay so where does system of a down sit because i love those guys but i mean is it really metal it's hard to tell is it just awesome rock but i love those guys i don't even know well i mean some of their songs are heavy and fast like their first album there's a lot more of that um i know the guitar player has said that he does get influenced by some underground stuff you know a little more of the death metal world and that's kind of why they can jam out as fast as they as they do sometimes like i remember having uh still this album and hypnotize i actually have all i've had you know i don't know i don't have them anymore but i had all their albums at one time in my life you know yeah, yeah. i listened to them i know yeah. pretty much every word every but that's song, always been one of the radio. most weird like are, yeah. are like is that metal it's I, it, it's hard to say like yeah it, you they're know, borderline you're, man yeah you start yeah that's the thing they're like right there but they end up playing with all those guys yeah. and so like well they can go either I, way i accept yeah. that's why i like i totally bring i bring them in because i'm yeah. like yeah they are but they are but they do their own thing yeah. and i like that because it's not necessarily sometimes like maybe i'm not in quite the like dimu borger mood but i still want something that's like high pace and that kind of stuff and it's awesome because they're you know they get crazy sometimes political they do all these crazy things some of their songs especially once you got to hypnotize and mesmerize yeah. went kind of yeah. off the fucking rails they did go a little crazy and uh and so i kind of i stick to like the first album uh second album steal this album is a great album yeah. and sometimes there are some tracks on hypnotize and mesmerize that are just fucking cool um, but you know, so it's a really cool band that I like because that's one of those. It's just this weird monkey where it just kind of moves around, <laughs> yeah. and then depending on what mood they're in, they're going to be super metal, and then other times they're going to be like super whatever mellow. the hell else it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but I think that's kind of refreshing a little bit. Oh you yeah. Know? And then you and you go like over there, like okay, well now Mastodon because that throws you in this other realm of you know high volume, fast pace. But like you said, then you look at them and you're like, what in the shit is yeah. going on right yeah. now? Yeah. The only one I can't quite do is doom metal. I just it's just too slow. I can't do it. I'm like, no, no, I wanna be like I wanna I like be like some going. Bands, but you're right. The genre as a whole, sometimes it's like 
okay, do I headbang now or like ten minutes now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it takes. No, it's like, yeah, I know, that's, the right it, it's not bad. I just, it just like when I go to a metal show, usually I'm thinking more of the high pace stuff. Yeah, and exactly. So to, I've been to some new metal shows, and it's not you know they're, they're, they are fucking all about you know the yeah. guys just crazy screaming and stuff. But I'm like, but all I can do is stand here because like it's weird to mosh to something so slow. And even circle pit, it's like because you're gonna go in like super slow motion. Yeah, or, I don't even know what's called uh, a pit people, at that time. But it's people do like love a, it. People, it's more like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. It's like a coffee lounge so uh, yeah. version of a pit. I like doom metal. <laughs> no, I'm not saying we don't. But I'm just saying it's that's one that's just harder for me to get into because. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the aspects of metal that I really like is more the higher higher pace, you know, harder driving kind of stuff. Because a lot of times when I'm doing that, you know, I'm, you know it's, it's kind of like it's it's I'm in the mood for that. So when I do do metal, I'm like, okay, I'm putting on metal, but then I'm gonna go slow. And it just because I am a big tempo guy, I played drums as a kid. So I mean, if, if the tempo's not there, the drum and the yeah. drum isn't just like fucking hard hammering. I'm thinking it's slow because the tempo's lower, and then me internally, I'm lower. Yeah, um, you know, not like mood wise, but just like. Yeah. Yesterday in the morning, when I'm trying to wake up to brew and I'm drinking my coffee, that caffeine starts kicking in. Can't do doom metal. I need you know. <laughs> yeah, you need some fast pace, yeah. man. Doom metal is so, more at the end of the night when you're winding down. You know I mean, yeah, yeah. You can see that. That's more where it comes in. So it's just that's why it doesn't it doesn't hit me as much because yeah. you know I'm usually moving around when I'm right. You know, then I'm passing out at the end of the night. So I'm just like, all right, done. Um, and uh, so so that's the only genre which I haven't quite found like what what it is right. and how to how to how to get into it yet i know that it's eventually probably going to happen because i keep i give it a shot every now and then but i think i'm always in that other mindset when i give it a shot because i'm like yeah. all right so now i'm going to try it and i'm like no this is the wrong time to try it and then i gotta yeah. change it so <laughs> yeah i'll try it later man <laughs> <laughs> all right speaking of try we did taste a few of your beers we're going to continue drinking and have a couple more here before we go uh for the day um out of all the uh, these are all your recipes correct yeah cool what is your least favorite of your Least favorites. That's, that's just like the favorite. I mean, it really depends on the day. So, say I'm out there, like you know, I just did a you know 13 hour day brewing. It's especially like when it's 112 and the steam's going. You know, I'm gonna start with something lighter like Black Habit, Pilsner. If I have, we had a Goza on, like definitely going for the Goza mm-hmm. stuff like that. Even Kingsbrow because it's easy to drink. Um, but Y'all so have like, a Goza? Uh, we did. It was a oh, pilot, okay. and sadly it went pretty fast. It I was, was like, 3.4 oh, soon. It was delicious. A little yeah. bit of salty because I find Gozes has gotten the salt out of them for whatever reason, but you need a little salty in it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, but I use the Nihon's glasses like you guys are drinking out of because I have access to the full wall. So, you know, I that's the thing is people always wonder my favorite and my worst. I'm like, look, it just depends on the day. Like, yeah. when I just come yeah. out of there, depends I don't want Nihon's to Because that was going to be my next question. What's your favorite? So, I mean, yeah. you know, I kind of want to know. I can tell you you won't see one of them unless I really believe in the product. One thing, before we, last thing I'll say because you can tell I can talk a lot. Uh, I'll just say this one thing that I it's nothing that anybody will ever want to say but I will tell you that I have dumped 30 barrel batches because it didn't meet spec and I think that that's something that for crappier people they should come to expect from a brewery and if a brewer will never say, I've never had to dump a batch. Either they have, or they're full of shit, or they're, or they're maybe just not putting so out that stuff good. that's not because, good. Because yeah. because yeah. when when you when I look at it, you know, a lot of our craftier fans, like you, I'm asking you to pay a premium for my product. You know, now like at most HEBs Kroger's, I think it's like nine bucks for a six pack. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, you could go over and get like High Life for what five nine six nine nine yeah. six pack. Why would you pick my product? It's because you pick it knowing that you're getting a higher quality product. Not necessarily from like the, yeah, their QAQC labs are pristine. Yeah, the dissolved oxygen is low. But the flavor, the quality of the product, the passion, all that's in there. So I put a batch out that sucks 
you're going to do nothing but never respect me again. Right. And so I, I, back when there were very few breweries, you were willing to support them as they were growing up because you're like, all right, they're, they're, they're learning. You know, mm -hmm. at the time there weren't as many brewing schools and all that stuff. Like you should, you know, we're going to give you a cast because there's not as much and they're willing to support you. I think that that time has come to an end. If it's not good, I'm not saying go out there and quit drinking, you know, whatever, right. like support <laughs> you want to support, but you have to have that respect. And I think people subconsciously will. If they get an exploded can... Uh, a six pack of really wrong cans or it blows up in their hand they're, that's it they're done for that brewery um, like a low fill here maybe you have so, sometimes shit does happen whatever but those are minor things that would be like if you got a six pack and one happened to have a weird seam on it and it kind of was weird you're like okay yeah. well they're not a six sigma whatever you know they're not fucking yeah. buds slinging them at a thousand yeah. cans a minute shit does happen and we're happy to replace them if you let us know about stuff like that because sometimes stuff does happen despite how much we care but to put a batch of beer out that you know isn't what you're trying to put out Man, I just I just don't think that that's the right thing to do. I'd much rather tell you that I dumped it because it didn't meet quality spec. It hurt because, I mean, you paid all that money you made right. to make it. But I'd much rather that than for you guys to get a bad batch. Because right. you get a bad beer, now what the shit, that sucks for you. That the contract, that weird unspoken contract of, I trust you to make great beer, mm -hmm. is broken. Yep. So why are you ever going to do it again? Exactly. Agreed. Totally agree. So any of those that you see on the wall has passed my quality specs. Some stuff off the pilot sometimes will never be like the final iteration of it. Right. So you might go like, uh, you know, like, oh, that's cool. And the next time you see it might be different. Probably right. is. Because if I'm not, if I'm brewing that, most of the time I'm still playing with it. Right. Sometimes, yeah, but you get lucky. Yeah, like, well, you go, you go beer, from you're like, fuck, I love that. That, yeah. that works. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But usually it's like, you know, trying a new idea. It won't make it to the wall if it's not good. Like even especially on the pilot. Like I've had a couple ideas where I'm like, this is kind of cool, but I was like, eh. Yeah. yeah. It just didn't. That didn't really work out. But that's why I have a pilot, so that way I don't ruin a thirty barrel how, batch. One how big is your your pilot? One barrel. Oh, so yeah. you know, it's you know, usually get sick about two halves out of right. it. So mm -hmm. if I gotta dump that, yeah, it's a sack of grain. It kind of sucks. Maybe some hops or some weird ingredient. It, it sucks, but that's why I'm willing to try it. I, I'd rather right. I'd rather try it first. Then just give it a shot and maybe it suck. Yeah. Um, and then I also like to get feedback from customers or whoever else. Like when they're here, they'll they our customers are very happy to tell me like, hey, tried that new one, hated it, or tried that new one, loved it. And so it gives me an opportunity to kind of get a gauge on what's the what's the general theory on, it, especially if it's something a little funkier in terms of now now maybe either funky or just weirder yeah. uh, when you're putting flavors together, putting ideas together. Another IPA is another IPA. Hate it, love it. Yeah, you know, that's why you don't see much, a lot of that from me. In my opinion, I'm like, yeah, you can put a million different IPAs on if you want me to, but to me, that's boring. I'm, that's yeah, why I like to try these. Right, yeah, try different right. stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so that's why oh. we do have the pilot. We like Very to try nice, that man. stuff. But happy to admit that we have dumped batches because sometimes they just suck. Yeah, and you <laughs> fucked up, and, but you don't make your customers suffer through that. Right, yeah. that's cool. the difference. Well, that's so, very good. Man. All those awesome wall, to know. Favorite, I, favorite, I, worst. That's the deal. Cool. So uh, right before we go, last thing, uh, rest of the 2018. What do you? What do you what, what's the plan? All right. So King's Brow is about to hit market um, in September. It's Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and we've partnered with a group in town called Eddie's Faith to put a Kolsch beer out. It's going to have they have a little monkey that's their logo. We changed the banana to a beer. Nice. Um, and so what it's going to do? We're going to donate a portion of the proceeds to their foundation. Um, they have like a cancer research thing at MD Anderson, so they've raised a lot of money for it. But they just want more people to know about it, become aware of it. So for September, that's going to be really cool. That'll be the first nice. time you get to see the Kolsch. Nice. Um, we're going to be packaging the Black Habit in nice. October, so that will carry us through the rest. And Active Ballore is about to make it back for year-round instead of Ninth Circle, so we'll be replacing it. Okay. That'll hit like probably sometime in October, if not early November. Cool, man. Nice. Awesome, man. Well, looking forward to uh, tasting yes. more beers from you guys. Hopefully... 
Soon I can see your beers in San Antonio on a regular. Yes, yeah. please. We're not, working on it. If not, every time I come visit my, my brewery, I'll just have to pick up yeah, some man. cans. You, you have know? to come by. Because I'll do yeah. that all the time. Anyway, Bobby, thank you very much. This thank has you been, so uh, much for taking the time. Really together. Yes. Very educational. Um, hopefully everyone enjoys it. So, uh, Back Pew Brewing Company out in Porter, Texas. Look this place up. You'll see the pictures on our Instagram, on Facebook. Yes, it really is an old church. It really is. We right. didn't burn up. <laughs> we didn't burn. We're nah. still alive. You were sweating, though. I am sweating, though. I'm the <laughs> only one sweating. You're the only one sweating, though. <laughs> All right. Cheers, motherfuckers. Till Thank next you. Episode.